Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better, and apologizing for your voice. My name is Ben Hansen. I'm joined by Kyle Heliard. Hello. I was adjusting my light. You, put me a, I, you shouldn't have done me first. And I'm joined by a Leo Vader. Hi. I was worried you'd be able to rest up today, so I'm glad we're doing this at 8 a.m. instead. <laughs> joined by Jacob Keller. Hello, thank you for doing me third. Yeah, absolutely. My specialty. Uh, on this very episode of the MinMax Show podcast, we're going to be talking about Jusant, uh, the climbing game from Don't Nod. Don't Nod. Do play. Uh, we're going to be talking about, I'm very excited about this, WarioWare Move It. Going to be talking about the finals. Going to be talking about Alan Wake 2, the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection, the Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake. Oh my God, too much good stuff in one show. Silent Hill Ascension. Then back half of the show, we have some great community questions we have some homework before we get to all that fun stuff though we need to dive in pencils out everybody because we got to go through some stuff first of all thank you for being here we appreciate all of your support however you give it second uh, can of you all slow down I'm, I'm writing that down yeah yeah so thank you <laughs> just kind of rambling general thank you patreon lifestyle thank you type thing seems like he means it but i don't know but he's also said a lot how many times can you thank a community <laughs> for supporting you it feels hollow at a certain point even though you try uh uh hey as a token of the thank you uh thank you to everybody who supported minmax on patreon in the last week and unlocked that code for oxen free to lost signals on steam be sure to check your dms on patreon to get that code uh and shout out to night school studios for sending 200 codes for us to give away to the patreon supporters it's super sweet so definitely show some love to that game um biggest thing we can talk about right now star ocean 2 the remake and look i want to tell you genuinely there's a lot going on in my life at the moment and i was thinking that day like what do i want to do gaming wise what would be like the best thing to do right now i was like you know what i want to do I want to just sit back and play Star Ocean 2's remake and then talk about it on the podcast with Kelsey Lewin. That is, that is my dream. That would be heaven on earth. Um, and so that's coming up next week, just so you all know. So get started on your Star Ocean 2 remake, everybody, because I really want to unpack that thing in a fun way. So you, um, have, you have started it. You've been playing it? No, no, I, I have it, but I haven't started okay. Ocean it yet. Gotcha. Um, also, biggest thing uh, is we did the deepest dive on Alan Wake 2 earlier this week. You can check it out in our bonus podcast feed or on YouTube. It is a very thorough and very fun discussion about uh, the first six hours of that game or so. Basically, we stopped when you switch back to Saga for the first time. Uh, that, was, that was one of my favorite first episodes of the deepest dive, Leo. I thought that was super fun. I was thinking the same thing. One of my favorites I've been on. It was it was a blast. Uh, and, and, like, and a blast because we had so much to talk about. Like A lot of laughs, but a lot of... like picking a part of the minute things that make that series so special. Absolutely. Uh, here's the thing, though. Um, doing that deepest dive when I was already sick put my voice in the dark place. Um, I recorded it on Monday. It's now Thursday. I have not spoken the last two days, and this is still what's happening with my voice. It's a, it's not a lake, Kyle. It's an ocean of phlegm. Um, oh. So it leads me to my next point. From the DLC. <laughs> which is... Uh, this weekend was supposed to be, and Kyle, I know we should have talked to you about this uh, before we went live, but this weekend was supposed to be our Give to the Max Marathon Charity Stream. Uh, oh boy, we've tried to make it work. I've tried not talking the last two days, hoping it, it's going to be doable. Uh, talking for 25 hours with this voice ain't going to happen. It's Bad my, idea. Yeah, my voice would be gone by hour four if we were lucky, and that's just 21 hours to go. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, 
we are definitely doing the Give to the Max charity stream, raising money for Connections to Independence, uh, helping out foster kids in Minneapolis. It's very tricky to schedule this. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving people. Um, and so it's like, okay, who's going to be around for the longest? What day could we make this happen? So we are punting, I think is the best way to put it, we're punting the Give to the Max charity stream from this weekend, no longer happening November 4th. We're punting it to December 2nd. I understand that that is a big punt. That is more of um, it's a win out the uh, back of the end zone level punt. Uh, but that's a, that's what we need to do to have the best stream. And so thank you, everybody, for being patient. Uh, we'll rebuild that schedule over on Patreon for everybody. So we have all the same charity auctions, you know, uh, Spider-Man 2, PS5, a ton of fun charity auctions, a date with Clive Rosfield from Final Fantasy 16. There's a oh, bunch what? of fun. Oh, yes. That. Oh, yes. There's a bunch of fun uh, auctions for uh, charity that'll be happening, but it's happening December 2nd. And we can all rest and really savor the thrill of being in the next studio together instead of doing some miming thing where it's, you know, I'm silent the entire stream. It would it, just be a disaster. Yeah. Okay. So thank but you. Don't, everybody. don't get sick again. That's it's that easy. I won't you know? get sick again. You're One of the now. best things to help you not get sick is having an infant. I learned. Uh, is so. that right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not little Petri dishes that just collect your... Well, it seems to be the opposite because no one else in my family is getting sick. And so it's really bizarre. Of like, what's wrong with me? What's happening to my body? I mean, here? I think it's really bold of you to just like <laughs> jump in front of every illness that could be <laughs> yeah, coming you. for your, you know, loved ones. That's right. Coming after me, you gotta go through me first. Never mind. Hey. <laughs> my brain. everybody. Yeah, come on. Comedy uh, forgiveness today. Uh, hey, <clears throat> Kyle. Yes, Ben. You want to do me a favor? Uh, sure. Uh, you want to host this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah, well, this is a little experimental, right? But like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of take over hosting duties to help your voice rest, and we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. Oh, this would be great. Yeah, you, okay. Do you want to clap in so you can be in the host seat? Yeah, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Welcome back to that nothing we didn't have a break but i'm i'm taking over host, hosting duties oh boy this is going so well already hey can we clap uh, back i'm also quick? sick can leo just take it over now leo all right all right leo your host ready no uh, no I'm, we don't <laughs> i've never hosted before <laughs> <laughs> no we, we we can we can move forward uh i will i will host properly we do not need to to swap leo and Though I will, if my voice suddenly disappears, you're next, Leo. Get ready. And then yeah, Jake holding the queue. Uh, yeah, the, the first thing I think we want to talk about is Jusant. Is, has everyone been playing Jusant? Yes, I have, Kyle. Yes. Ben yes. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I started playing like properly last night. I ended up playing like three or four hours. Um, and was I think really that was what you... The end. Yeah, you get a new game plus <laughs> for game just is like four hours long. <laughs> is it okay? Because I I'm on like I don't know if chap is it chapters like, like chapter yeah. four or something like that. It I yeah. There's six, I don't know there's, how close I am to the end. There's but, six uh, chapters. Six chapters. Yeah. Six chapters. Okay. So yeah. And I, it's I'm, deceptive because the mechanics are so strong. It feels like it could carry itself for longer than it chooses right. to. Yeah. Uh, I'm about it too. The way it looks. I don't, I, maybe this is a weird thing to say, but just the fact that like the mountain is so large, I was like, oh, this is going to take a long time to get up. There. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe every uh, other game is like God of War also had that goal of like just get to the top of the mountain. And that took like you know, 25 hours to get there, you know? Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, but Jake, it's a climbing uh, but yeah, game. 
What, right? what was that, Leo? <laughs> it's yeah. a climbing game. It is. Climbing. That wasn't clear to people. And I yeah. and it's playing this. I was like, damn it, we didn't need another game to be good right now. But I <laughs> have to report that you saw it is really good. Yeah, I it's, was surprised that like. You know, we sent it out like it looked cool the last time we saw it in a showcase it's like, oh, this seems like a cool game from Don't Nod, the Gooders of Life is Strange, you know. Um, and then I just sent it like, hey, does anybody want to code for Jusant? And Jacob and Leo both jumped on it so fast. I'm like, this is interesting. And then both of you were like, we're really excited to talk about it. So it's like, it's fun to get like the peek behind the curtain of like, wait, this game's that good? And then diving in, it's like, yeah, Jusant rules. OK, I'm so happy it turned out they, as well. They they sent code out uh, a while ago, which was nice. Um, and and my first like, oh, this is good is like I had this and Mario Wonder at the same time. And I like kept going back to Jusant like it was it was taking precedence over Mario Wonder for me. Uh, and it's uh, boy, is it like it? I have been telling people that it feels like uh there have been a lot of games that are like, hey, here's another journey. And for yes. me, this is kind of like this is the one where I feel like it is not it's not just like another game where you do pretty things, but like kind of feels mechanically satisfying in its own right while still kind of having the spirit of what journey felt like it was doing 12 years ago or however long it came out. I mean, I was excited to talk to you about it, Jacob, because there's there is a tone to it that feels team ico esque oh yeah just something sure. about it um it's and, and i is... i've called it like like eco meets death stranding is kind mm. of the uh the vibes because it's like it's got it's so like kind of painterly and artistic and the main character doesn't talk at all really um but then there is this like uh, deliberateness of movement that is very death straining where it's just like right. you are going to think about every single place that your hand is, you know, like in the in the same way that death straining is like every step is kind of interesting because it's uneven. This is like my hands matter more than they ever have in like Uncharted or any other climbing game. Yeah, yeah I, and that's interesting because it is specific. It is right trigger, right hand, left trigger, left hand and putting pythons in the wall at your own discretion that you then can like hang from dangle down and then swing left to right or whatever. But it is also very forgiving. You can kind of hammer on those triggers and fly up a wall. So it still yeah. feels really tight that way. And it's also forgiving in the way that you have this, this rope holding you up. There was one moment where I jump, I tried to jump from a rock to a platform way overshot the platform. Wasn't near the wall at all anymore. thought I was going to see what death in this game was like. But I just went over the platform and fell and the rope, you know, went over the platform and I hung from the platform like that. Yeah. And I was and that was when I like learned how good the rope physics are. Yeah. And then you just climb back up from there. Yeah. It's like having a little piton thing. It's like it's, it's an automatic checkpoint for your climbing abilities. And it is it is wild that when climbing has become the default good things that AAA games do, you know, like all right, even your Gollum game, you got to have some uncharted climbing in there, I guess, you know. Um, the, the good thing that AAA games do, like Gollum. No, but I'm saying, like, I think that was the Gollum design idea. It's like, all right, well, you got to have climbing. Every good game is climbing. Yeah. I don't know. Sony seems to like climbing a lot. Um, yeah. And this, like, to take something that has become so widespread in the industry, even like, you know, this year, Horizon Call of the Mountain in VR. It's like, well, you think you know climbing. Wait till you've tried Sony climbing in VR. And even that was like, eh, it's it's okay. And then to lean into it this hard and just like, 
make it a little more realistic and actually make it engaging. I think it's such a fun design challenge, but they completely pulled it off to make you think and care about climbing in games once more. <laughs> totally. It, if Uncharted had climbing like this, I would be defending that series to this day. Yeah. And um, it, it, it feels like when you watch those like videos that are like real climber analyzes climbing in, in you know, media, it's like it's still not perfect, but there are things in Jusant like when you are purely holding onto the wall by your hands and your legs don't have purchase, your stamina goes down way faster, which is a thing where it's like you play Uncharted and it's like he's just been like muscling through this with his arms the whole time. Like he's not doing anything with his, his legs. fingertips, really. Yeah. And and it, so it just feels it's, it's like the game is not honestly my biggest knock against the game is that it's so forgiving that i think it's only like literally the last level where you have to like think about climbing but it does like its mechanics lend just kind of like a more thoughtful nature to what going up a wall feels like it is it is funny how i was surprised at how many invisible walls there were and i and i say this positively because like i was like I was like, I kind of want to just jump off and see what happens, right? Like, yeah. just jump out into the distance. And it really, it won't let you do that. Like, Unless you not... slam a python in the wall first, and then it does let you. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess I, I, I kept going up to ledges and just trying to jump off that weren't, there weren't right. walls necessarily nearby. If there's a wall nearby, yeah, yeah. But you have to put something down, right? Because it'll, it'll catch you. You can't just, like, fling yourself off the mountain, <laughs> right? I, guess. I mean, I think there's no, is there a game over? Like Ooh, I, I, I fell pretty no far, and I'd never game over it. I think I think you cannot actually like die, but you yeah. do have to like start climbs again. Yeah, it, the make... other game that I was surprised it reminded me of is um, Prince of Persia 2008. I don't know if you guys have the same love for that game that I do, but it's a very pretty game like Jusan. It's also a game where like you get to certain places and you, you know, press a button and life comes back to that area, mm. you know, like plants grow and stuff like that. But also both games like at face value don't look like, uh, it's not platformer isn't quite the right word, but they don't look like things you can climb until you fully understand like what tools you have with you. And Prince of Persia is much more fa like faster and flowing and you're, you're swinging and grabbing things, but it's like, I had the same feeling where in Jusant and Prince of Persia 2008, I look at a wall and I'm like, I don't, how am I supposed to even get up there? And then when you look a little closer, you're like, oh, I see now. Now I can make my way up there. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's been a nice sort of uh, like relation to me because like I just really adore that Prince of Persia game and 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 this is just reminiscent of it in a way I really like. Yeah, it reminds me of a Grow Home. Remember that weird little yes. Ubisoft game yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. I think it's the same mechanics of like left hand, right hand. Uh, but just to, yeah, Grow Home, if it was made by Ueda, is kind of the easy pitch, I guess, for what is going on here with Jassant. I'm having a tough time with um, the leap at times, where, like, I'll try and leap up, and I'll, he'll just be, like, leaping a little bit too far away from the wall. I think doing, like, the double leap helps a lot. Um, but am I the only one who's finding that really finicky? Am I doing it wrong? Are are you holding down the triggers? I feel like I've like tried every time? every variant. Yeah, where like I'll, that was the trick for me is like jump, let go of the triggers, and then pull them back again yeah, when okay. you reach the handhold. Uh, I don't know if maybe that's is, the issue you've been running into. But. Uh, sometimes when it's like yeah, the wall is leaning away from you, you kind of don't follow it as much as I intend to, and maybe there's a control I'm missing for that. But that is also the case of like knowing something risky is coming up and using one of your pythons to 
essentially yeah. checkpoint yourself there, yeah. which is a, a learned skill in this game. Yeah, it's like um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make a big jump here. Okay, let me let me put a a fighting down. I also I also really like his shaking out his arms animation. Oh, the resting to, like, is so good. Oh, back. yeah, yes. yeah. I don't know why so that's so realistic. satisfying just to watch somebody go ah yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's it, um it's also one of the uh, the handful of Unreal Five games that oh, you really? can get now. Like it's hmm. uh, there aren't that many i think it's it's like remnant 2 and lords of the fallen and whatever and it's like it's really interesting because this game is essentially textureless you know it's doing that kind of like just like flat vertices of color but like the lighting is so good in this game the way that you can be kind of like in kind of like a you know a crevice within the wall and harsh sunlight is coming off one wall and then like bouncing around to the other ones. It's like I think it's a really interesting example of how like good graphics tech can work with non-realistic uh, art styles because it's like this game you're not you're not like oh my god look at the hair detail or something, but like it still looks really good and I assume really good in kind of like a lumen related way or whatever the <laughs> other kind of Unreal Five buzzwords are. Yeah. Yeah, one other testament to the style is that there's no spoken words in this game, but I've still not had the urge to put in a podcast at all. Yeah, it's like the mood and the music is so compelling to to get sucked into. Yeah, um, there was a somebody who wrote in for community questions um, and they were like, I, I, I don't want to read those notes in this game. I chose not to. And I, I think it's a better game for it. And that kind of got in my head because like I read the first like three notes that I found, but something about like the font and the words where I'm like, you know, I think this is a better experience if I just go without any of their little notes and just kind of make my own story of what's happening here. That's my biggest knock is how long the notes are. Yeah. It really, you have to sit there and read three pages. Are they, it makes uh, me appreciate are they like worth it notes. in some way? I'm, I'm here to defend the notes. Okay. Uh, I like them. Uh, it's, it's another game about climate change which uh we've got a lot of uh this year it is like it's a game about like people dealing with the end of the world and whatever and i do agree that it's like it's the game is so nicely minimalist and then it's like here's a bunch of text but um uh, i think they're actually by the end of the game i was really looking forward to them and they have characters that kind of like continue as you go along it's not always just like random people leaving things um but on you know, subsequent playthroughs, I would, yeah, just be like, all right, it's climbing time. Yeah. <laughs> it's Let me put if that flashed on the screen. <laughs> uh, I will admit that I like, I, I am really compelled by just the setting and I do want to know yeah. what's going on there because like you're climbing a mountain and there are boats like up like the mountain and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well what happened here exactly? Which, uh, and they, they, they seem to don't not believe that clouds are water in the sky. Like that's just, they, that doesn't make sense to them, which is like a, a kind of a cool idea. Yeah. They're like, it says that water comes from the sky. I don't think so. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, yeah, it's nice. Interesting. It's nice that it starts at the top of the game, by just saying, uh, Jusant, a French nautical term for receding tide. It's like, okay, let's stop all speculation of what, what this name means. Let's just try and remind you. And then it fits with, you know, the story as well in a fun way. In a fun way. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't see a world where I don't finish it, especially because it sounds like I'm not even that far from the end. I, I oh, yeah. you guys have finished it or are very close. Close. Yeah, I finished it. Cool. Um, here, here's a question. Don't nods best game. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like have, I, I don't... like life is strange, but like, you know, if I was just going to be like everyone will like this one game from a studio, 
I wouldn't recommend Life is Strange. No. I might recommend Shazad. Yeah. Yep, I'm yeah, probably with you. Life is Strange never did that much for me. Remember Me does have some some sort of, you know, that AAA climbing that we're sort of talking about mm. where it's really strange. That game is uh, secretly very interesting. Mm. Uh, and once you get past the AAA climbing, which is not interesting. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Leo, you're not a Twin Mirror fan? Uh life's mission is to destroy that game and everything stands for it. <laughs> it is weird to look at like don't nods library it's like oh yeah i forgot about twin mirror and tell me why they're two kind of hey, life is vampire strange we're all talking about vampire, vampire with that's right that's with a it <laughs> vampire with a y because we gotta uh yeah what a, what a cool game out of the blue uh really happy with it um i uh Hell, you got to move it along, though. No, 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 don't. No, no, don't. Don't move it along. You know how this whole thing operates? No, I don't know. No, we're not there yet. I have to waste my voice on this boring story from a wedding I was at recently. I went to a wedding in Seattle last weekend or whatever. And there is this guy there. It's just best case scenario being sat next to a random, super interesting dude. But he climbed El Capitan, like the free solo mountain. He did it with ropes and stuff, not the... Like uh, free solo, not free solo style. That's exactly it. Um, Loser. But, yeah, Loser. exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I got to spend most of the dinner at this wedding just just chanting "Loser, Loser." <laughs> but how long do you think it takes Leo to climb El Capitan? Eight hours. Seven days. Wow, seven days, and like so, then you sleep like on just little ledges. And you just like strap yourself in so it, so you can't roll off. But he's like, yeah, it's like as narrow as like maybe a cot. You just sleep on the side of this damn mountain. That would be so pointless to try and sleep for me. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. What if, what if it was the best sleep of your life and you were like, I got to install a hammock like up on my ceiling. <laughs> but it has to be like. I feel like it would be the best sleep of my life because I would have been hauling my ass up a mountain all day. I guess that's it. That's probably the only way you can sleep is you're just so drained. But he was saying that they have a bunch of like photographers at the bottom who just go and like take photos of climbers all day what's that leo (laughs) nothing okay just regular as you go back to it and post you'll you'll catch the joke it was very good um and so uh there's this climbers down there or photographers down there that take photos of people climbing the mountain and stuff and so he said when he was done with his climb he went to where the photographers like post all these photos or whatever um and he said that the one they got of him (laughs) was him pooping into a grocery bag and then it's like posted that photo he's like come on man like, <laughs> it's like a photo we taking a dump into a grocery bag on my climb come on it's like the disney rides like taking the most embarrassing picture yeah, of you exactly <laughs> oh yeah i thought that ride was supposed to take my photo that's weird and then it gets you in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> the flash goes off <laughs> all right well i won't move it along here yeah, well, uh, let's talk about Warrior Move It, which you guys will be surprised has a micro game where you poop into a grocery bag. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I'm I'm the only one that's been playing this. I assume, right? I yes, Nintendo I, has graced you with it. I love WarioWare. Um, I, the last one, Uh-oh. Get It Together, was okay. I had fun with it, and it was a good time, but it felt kind of like a step back. Like, it wasn't quite as zany as, you know, what you want from WarioWare. And, like, WarioWare Move It, uh, which feels kind of like the successor to the Wii game Smooth Moves, sort of, is, is like, 
everything I want from WarioWare. Like, it oh. is my favorite WarioWare in a long time. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. Okay, what the hell's going on here then, Kyle? Because I see reviews and everybody says it sucks butt. And, but I, then again, oh. like, the last WarioWare, everybody's like, oh, this is a bad game. It's like, look, the no. middle-of-the-road WarioWare is still better than 95% of games out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen the, the, the negative feedback to the game... I, I, it, that I've seen is 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 valid where it's like sometimes the the things that they want you to do with the joy cons like the game can't quite handle and it, it's not perfect uh well that sounds it, like a true successor to the Wii one I mean <laughs> or the, yeah. the Wii remote had no idea what you were doing at all <laughs> I know and the funny thing is is like I'm almost certain like if we went back to smooth moves like today we would be like this this is like borderline unplayable <laughs> I bet but I mean I truly I would say like 95% of the actions it wanted me to do, like I worked totally fine and were great, but there were that 5% that don't like you that don't work well. The, the trickiest one is you have to drop the joy con in your left hand and let it hang from the wrist strap, pick up the, the joy con in your right hand and like hold it at your hand like a camera. Because what you have to do is use the IR camera in the left Joy-Con to like do a mini game. Like one was like make different hand motions and stuff like that. And the thing about that is like the way the game works is it flashes a pose at you. It's like, okay, this is what this game's gonna be. And every time that one comes up, I scramble because I'm like, oh okay, wait, I gotta drop the right hand, grab this, and you know. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but that being said, like once you get the hang of it, which takes a little while, like the tech is cool. Like it's weird. For it to be like, okay, flash a peace sign, and that's the micro game. Right, you know, it like right. tracks your hand. But um, I it, it is a game like in the same way that you have like you play VR, like you have to kind of like get yourself hyped up and ready to play WarioWare. Move it. Like you have to make space. You have to go get the wrist straps for the this Joy-Cons. Is, this is a deal breaker. I mean, it won't be. I'll play and love this game. But you told <laughs> me that like you need the wrist straps for the Switch joy cons to play like you literally need those things that i assume most of us threw away on day one (laughs) pretty much i mean yeah i mean i I tried to get away with it because there's a couple games where you have to drop joy cons and be able to um like you know pick them back up quickly like i mentioned the one where you have to scan your hand it it expects you to like have the joy con dangling at your wrist so you can grab it and be ready to go for the next game and then there are some where you actually have to get down on the floor and put the joy cons like down on the ground and then you have to like quickly lift your hand up into the air and stuff like that. I'm confused by you having two joy cons at all times. Have you tried multiplayer at all? Is that two joy cons too? Or do you just use one? There is, I haven't done multiplayer there. The single player game can be played like the campaign. I'm I'm not sure how it works. Can be played two player, but every each player does need two joy cons. Cause I went to play with my kid and I was like, hey, let's play multiplayer. And I handed her a Joy-Con. And like we couldn't really start the game because it turns out like every person needs two. And I didn't have so, another set charge. So, oh, my God. So if you want to just have four friends over, you need four sets of Joy-Cons to play this game? Well, there's a different um, there's a different mode, like a party mode. Okay. And I believe in that one. I think oh, okay. One that's that's nice to hear. Yeah. All right. Okay. So but, um, it's weird that just people are having so many technical issues with some of the forms and stuff like that's such a rare Nintendo thing, I guess. And it, it feels rare, I guess, just for this well, thing. It, not, it not feels, to work. It's like a throwback to the Wii era, right? <laughs> Where, I mean, like, you know, I guess, but uh, so, I mean, but... I, I, it, 
it's one of those things that's like, yes, there are, you'll have the occasional issue. But like for me, it really did not bring the game down okay. at all good, because good, good. it's like sometimes you kind of struggle with understanding how a game works and maybe it doesn't quite work, but it's like it's a micro game. It's gone in two seconds. And this this entry is also particularly forgiving where like if you get a game over, it makes you do a stupid pose for a couple seconds and then you can start back with four lives right where you left off. So like. It's it, you're never in that position where it's like I lost all my lives at the boss and now I have to start over. Yeah. Like just the way the game is, it's like it's not going to make you ever start over, which like maybe that would annoy you if you want like a challenge. But I'm in WarioWare to just have like a really novel, bizarre surprise experience that really makes <laughs> me laugh. And yeah. like this is the best for that because it's all about putting yourself in stupid poses yeah like some are very simple like you know you just hold the joy cons in front of you you put them above your head but there's one that's called the baka that wants you to like stand like a chicken and like you know put you know have your rooster <laughs> tail in front and the back and then you kind of have to do like turn and look around and, and act like a chicken and sometimes you have to like get on the ground and do stupid stuff like i I, and then you I, lose and you go, oh, this stupid game. <laughs> Dang it. Six out of ten. look like a freaking idiot. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I it's like since truly since they announced the Switch and showed off the Joy-Con, my thought has been like, I can't wait to play WarioWare yeah. with this. And this is that game where it's like they use the sort of all the elements of the motion controls and stuff like that to make you do really fun, stupid stuff. And the games are pretty much all new i really haven't seen like a lot of repeated games or throwbacks or anything like that and uh i i i really like it like i said truly it's probably probably my favorite warrior were since the wii one since smooth moves i think really that's it, yeah i mean gold was so good on 3ds you're forgetting that it had everything in it are well, you forgetting that like everybody else on the planet earth <laughs> uh hello <laughs> i i'm sorry i mean gold is the thing I like about Gold is it's basically like a greatest hits album yeah. of WarioWare. Like, that's like the one. I wish they would bring that to Switch just to have that as like, you know, we'll yes. have it in a catalog. You know, like if if you've never like experienced WarioWare, you should you should check this out. But in terms of like having a brand new WarioWare experience that does new stuff and has new games and 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 makes you be goofy and makes you look like an idiot and like have a good time. I, I haven't had that really since smooth moves. I feel like Kyle question. Yes. Ben. Here. Um, great job hosting, by the way. I'm really, I've enjoyed it. It's fun. It's fun to listen to. Um, and I'm on it. Um, question is, uh, Charles Martinet, not in this game, right? No, no. So, so yeah, we, it, it's the first time hearing the new guys, Wario, which I feel like Wario is a taller order than some Mario voice. Anybody has a Mario voice. My, my voice right now could be a Mario voice. That feels opposite <laughs> for me. Really? Yeah. Wait, let's go around and I'll do a wah. 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 Actually, yeah. I think Ben's is improved by the raspy. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Can you tell us how much you love garlic, Ben? Oh, so much. Uh... <laughs> you could be the new Mario. <laughs> Surprise. I am. Look at the credits. Thank you, Nintendo. I mean, I starting the game, like my reaction was like, this is fine, right? This isn't. It's a new voice for Wario. It does throw me off. Oh, right? okay. Okay. It's like one of those things. It's like I would never say like this is bad. They're doing a bad job, but it's just like this is it's different. It's oh, which is odd. Now, does, now, Warrior's not going to win Best Character of the Year in the two tens. Thanks a lot, new guy. 
I mean, he really ordered those 50 garlic burgers in the opening cutscene with all of his heart. I mean, he really uh, that does sound funny. Never mind. Maybe this game is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, truly, yeah. I mean, and WarioWare, uh, Ben, I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Like, I, I think I, I really, I really like it a lot and it's super fun. But like, I guess the, the big downside is it's, it's really not a game you just kind of sit down and casually play. Like I had to like, you know, it became sort of my morning ritual for a couple days, you know, before my morning meetings. I'd be like, well, let me play Wario. Let me warm up by playing Move It for like 30 or 40 minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Perfect. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I, I imagine we'll talk about that more. And I think I think there are plans for the the charity stream to play it. Right. Even though that's been pushed back. That that will be a good one to play with people on camera. Oh, good. Great. For sure. December 2nd, our YouTube channel. Check it out, please. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear about the finals, which is a game that I've watched in trailer form, but haven't actually touched myself. It looks it looks the trailers are good. They did a good job with those trailers. <laughs> That's what I thought. That got me interested. So if the gameplay's half this good, and you know what? Constantly trailer moments are happening in gameplay. It's true. Really? Yeah. They kill right. somebody with a, by throwing the objective at them. You carry a box around, and somebody threw it at an opponent, and they blow up into coins in the trailer. My friend did that. Right. <laughs> Whoa. And the, co- the coin, that's like, that. I was, I was wondering if that was like a, a trailer thing. I suppose that'd be really stupid to have that in the trailer of like blowing up into coins, ready player one style, but that's just like, that's in there. Or, I, or maybe I should say Scott Pilgrim. Style, I was going to say, guess. Kyle, I, I yeah. don't mean to correct you as the host, but <laughs> no, thank um, you. You know that's what a, they should have included in the trailer is playing video games with your friend, Leo Vader. Cause that's my favorite part of it so far. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, it is yeah. like so many team games where it's like an absolute blast to play with friends and coordinate and have little plans. And uh, I like it so much that sometimes I try to play it by myself and have a totally miserable time. So it will be dependent on if my friends uh, keep wanting to play it with me. But this I mean, isn't a Leo game. This is the number one wishlisted game on Steam right now. Really? Free to play multiplayer of the finals. Um, Leo, stop I'll, playing it. Just back out now. <laughs> I'll go uh, one one step further, Leo, and say I've I have had uh, I, I am not a multiplayer first person shooter guy uh, in general, certainly not like a coordination based one. I've been playing with Leo and uh, Alex from Game Informer. Uh, ben, Ben, amazing. Um, I played with a, a team of people that I knew yesterday and it was like not fun. So it's oh. like not only do you need a team, you need a team that is all like really working on the same level because I feel like the my experience with the game has been boiled down to like, oh my gosh, it is so fun to be doing well in this game. It is not fun to lose. And that's like <laughs> it's a it's a weird criticism, but like there are some shooters where like like Call of Duty, I think winning and losing feels basically the same. And it's like, it, it's all pretty fun. You know, like a team deathmatch doesn't feel functionally different to be like winning or losing in this. It's like winning is unbelievable. And losing is like a lot of respawn timers and being frustrated yeah. that your team is not uh, playing with you as much as you want them to be. Yeah, long runbacks, lots of helpful abilities that you can be mad at your friends for not remembering to use. For yep. sure. So, but, but I have some fun losing in it, too, because there's like uh, a tons of destruction in this game. That's the main bullet point is that pretty much any building can be completely leveled. Eventually, you can destroy, destroy floors and walls. You do enough of that and it all collapses around you, including the objective. You can destroy the floor underneath the objective and drop it to the next floor and keep doing that five times. And that is the that is the most impressive thing. That is what is going to there. 
I'm saying they're pulling Rainbow Six Siege's underpants down in the middle of the school cafeteria Whoa. with this release. Rainbow Six Siege has been resting on its laurels as the one game that kind of has destruction, but there's bugs on it all the time. Everybody complains about it. This somehow you can level the whole map and it works for everybody. I don't get how it how it works. But because of that, you can make these crazy plans and still kind of have some fun pulling some weird stuff off, even if you don't win at the end of it. Of course, getting stomped and doing nothing you're trying to do is definitely not fun. The runbacks are really bad, but there's so many weird little plans you can do. There's one where we had this objective kind of on the top floor of a building and we were like, should we drop it to a different floor that's easier to defend? We have a sniper on our team. No, let's see if we can blow it completely out of the window of this building. Launch it with an explosive. You're, you're essentially like you're protecting like an ATM. Like that's the right. objective. And you can but you can throw it around. Yes, it can land <laughs> on like jump pads and bounce. What's can that? You, use, you can use it as like a weapon. You can throw it at people or. No, no, you, you can. So so the game like the main game mode is you essentially get like a cash box somewhere and then you have to run that cash box over to an ATM, throw it in. And then the ATM takes a while to like digest the cash or whatever. And in like in any phase of that, the other teams can steal the cash box or the ATM from you. Uh with enough time and uh leo i don't mean to interrupt what you were saying no but like i was very ahead of myself because i'm excited a very important aspect of this is there are three teams in most matches and in tournaments there are actually four teams all playing at the same time and that is weirdly it's like it is way more fun and feels more fair or like doable to play with three teams than two teams because uh like in you know, in the equivalent, which is like I was thinking about like playing Rush in Battlefield Bad Company 2 or something where it's like you have one side trying to destroy something and you have another side protecting it. And the people protecting it can get so set up that it is just impossible to get anywhere near them. And that can happen in this game. But like because there are three teams you inevitably have situations where like the team protecting is distracted by fighting the other team and then you can sneak in there because like since you're not the only target you actually have more chances to kind of like mess up their defenses um and so it's like it's it's built on third partying you know it's built on like messing up a conflict between two teams that's already happening and in the in the situations where we were playing a game and like one of the teams dropped out mid match, it instantly became like almost unplayable. It's like the three mm. is so important and huh. it really works when it's and working. It, and it's teams of teams of three, right? Did you guys already say yes? That? So it's like th three, yeah, three, three, three teams okay. of three. Gotcha. Yeah. And the, we did a ranked tournament. The ranked mode is tournaments, which start as multiple matches, four different matches happening simultaneously. And then it knocks out the bottom teams, merges a couple of the matches, knocks out the bottom teams, merges the matches until eventually it becomes the top team against the top team. And Jacob and Alex and I totally moneyballed our way to the finals by third partying smartly. And after your whole team gets wiped, you can free cam around. So we fly around and see like, oh, here's where the battle's happening. If we go around to the side, we can take that objective and hold it before they like realize what's happening. And we totally strategized our way there. And then when it was just us versus the other final team, they were way, way better than us. But we still managed to get a steal off on them and <laughs> like get one point on them, which felt really good. Oh, that's awesome. 
It's always the best. And that's what I, why I fell in love with Siege is because my friends and I weren't the most amazing shooters. Never have been, never will be. But if you're Don't with friends that. communicating on voice, there. we do okay. But it's it's <laughs> when we won, it was because we outsmarted the other team. And right. that is what feels so amazing. It's like we worked together better than they did. And there's a lot of that DNA in here. That's sweet. Yeah, speaking of DNA, this is yeah, Embark Studios. Um, and you talk about the destruction, like it's a bunch of former uh, Battlefield folks, like the Battlefield sound designer and the studio head of DICE and a bunch of other folks from from DICE that uh, that left to start this thing. And the weird thing is they're also making Ark Raiders, which is that free-to-play, if you remember one, it kind of had like the 70s uh, color aesthetic and whatnot. Um, but that was kind of their bigger game. I felt like this was kind of like the smaller project that was kind of leading into the bigger project of Ark Raiders. And now if this one has this much momentum, I wonder if this is going to become their main thing because... I mean, it seems like it's catching on in a big way. It is. I mean, yeah, as, as it's been the open or closed beta for the last like week and the servers have been getting worse as it goes on because the hype keeps building and more and more people keep getting in. Oh, God. But yeah. the end of the story I wanted to tell earlier oh, yeah. was just that the launching the objective out of the building and landing on the ground seven stories down from where it started, me and the other teammate got killed. It was just our sniper left. And we were like, we're so close to the end. Just hide. And you'll see when they start to steal it, you get the little it's flashing red because you can do last second steals. That's how you get a lot of points in this game is just wiping the team, defending it, stealing it. And you get all the credit in most of the modes. But yeah, watch for the steal. And my friend did that, saw they were stealing, peeked out and took all the time in the world to line up a headshot because we had moved the objective out into the open like that and then killed the guy. And then the match ended. And it was so satisfying to have to have stratted our way through like that. And you're always making those decisions of which cash out should we go to which one seems more defendable for us okay we got here with a a good lead on the other teams let's throw these goo grenades to like generate these walls and build a little more defensible place for us but then of course it can all go to hell when they destroy underneath it and suddenly the building is collapsing around you there's so many moments where i unforced just have ejected Oh my God, because so much destruction is happening around me and I'm still like trying to get kills through it and trying to revive my friends through it. There are like zip lines everywhere, but the ends of the zip lines are destructible. And so like you can be on a zip line and then someone on another team or your own team, like, you know, knocks out the corner of the building that it's going to and then you just fall. But uh, there's no fall damage in this game, which is great. And so it's like a game built on like jumping off a seven story building and just like falling to the ground. Right. Um, They're also creatable zip lines, which I unlocked and Jacob was running ahead of me, threw down a jump pad and jumped off of it. And I created a zip line up to a roof. And as he fell back down, he landed on the zip line that I created while he was in midair and just took it up to the roof and like. There's so so many weird little uh, creative moments like that with the interesting tools they give you. There's a grapple hook. There's a oh, Titanfall 2 style oh, grapple hook. It's oh. not quite as good. The highest praise I can ever give a game is it's almost as good as Titanfall 2. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is almost as good. God, oh, that, that's yeah. exciting. It's like, I think of like Ubisoft and X Defiant, which they're like, uh, we're going to launch it. It's indefinite hiatus at the moment. Uh, but that's like Ubisoft's attempt at a Call of Duty game, which Leo, I think you, you liked when you played it, right? Uh, I, I don't know where you got that. I think you said it on the podcast. You said, I'm here and I'm clear. I Just love X Defiant. Player doesn't mean Leo's automatically on board. <laughs> yeah, I, it I, needs to have dodgeball or roller skates. I might have said I played it. I definitely played it a fair amount, but I never smiled. Is that right? Okay, well, I take yeah. it back. But yeah, I just think of like that game being like, all right, we're going to wait a little bit for release. And then this game coming in and 
I don't know how many free-to-play shooters can really grab the zeitgeist at any For point. Sure. And so now it's like this one feels like it's doing so many fresh new things, or at least old things in a new refreshing way is probably a better way to put it, right? Uh, I'm sure yeah. Ubisoft is like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> this, this was our window, and now the finals has <laughs> taken it. And the style is not bad. It's It's like a lot. It's overstimulating. There's a lot of explosions and bright lights and stuff. But it's not really annoying. And some of the cosmetics have been genuinely cool. Ooh. There's a, a sniper skin that makes it look like cardboard, which is like, okay, a lot of guns have had this. A lot of games have had this. But then you zoom in and rotate it around. It's like, really looks like cardboard. And then you look down the stock of it and it's like folded up cardboard. Like it's oh. just this totally pretend sniper rifle all of a sudden. That's awesome. There's some cute cosmetics like that. By the way, the backstage pass, Chan's got it. They say, I remember I remember this specifically. Leo said he thought X Defiant was going to be huge, but he never said he liked it. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm. Yeah, your prediction was going to be huge. Interesting that I thought it'd be huge. I don't know if I stand by that, but it's you, easy to get more and more <laughs> against something the further I get from it. <laughs> uh, but my guess for the finals is they're probably going to launch it uh, at the Game Awards. Like they've shown it there before, and the fact that it's an open beta now, and Game Awards are coming up for in a month, like that—that that seems like the roadmap. I'd imagine. So that was I, that was my question. They don't have like a public. This is this is when the game is out properly or anything like that. No, it just says coming soon. Well, yeah. I will say, I, I mean, it closed the beta, but like I didn't have to apply. I just downloaded it on Steam and pressed play, and it was like you're in. It's not. It's not like they're credential checking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's public beta. Yeah. I mean, the public beta is yeah. over now, but I think it'll be. It's got to be coming up at Game Awards, I'd imagine. I just I'll also give credit for the goofy play options that are in here. Alex Van Aken really gravitated towards being a heavy guy with a hammer, and there's no secondary weapons. You only have a hammer in these giant wide open spaces. It's like, it's like a really bad idea, you'd think, but he makes it work. He can play around it, and when you catch people within hammer distance, he goes to town, and it's really satisfying to watch. And of course, he can also level any wall or floor instantly, and the heavy has this charge that... It's so fun to be running alongside the heavy and then he uses his charge and he just sprints through the wall ahead of you and makes this whole new line of sight. And there are bridges that can be destroyed. It's like it's like Siege. It's what I, why I fell in love with Siege is that every moment is like fertile for interesting decisions and yeah. things you haven't seen in another match. Oh, that's I awesome. think I think the biggest the biggest knock on it for me, which is not for everyone, is just like you can't really it's not like a hangout game you know it's like i play i play fortnite all the time because me and my friends barely have to talk about what is happening in the game there mostly it's just us chilling this is like very intense if you're not communicating you're not going to win and like even though it's fun and silly i do think that it is more of a valorant or a counter-strike-esque game than a Fortnite or a destiny like it's not you know even though you don't have to be playing ranked matches you can just be doing quick things but like communication is just required and like leo said doing games with randoms is not very fun and even doing games with friends if the friends aren't like devoted <laughs> to really working together is is tough you know totally. so it's like you really need to have a friend group and it needs to be three it can't be four you know it's yeah. like yeah. my fortnite group is four people and Ooh, one of us tough. is gonna have to get kicked out if we're playing the <laughs> <laughs> you could find a new friend and play overwatch oh or i could not do that <laughs> yeah is this i mean is this too simplistic that what valorant is to counter-strike the finals is to rainbow six siege no, Valorant's more similar, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
More that's, similar. That's not bad though. That's not bad. Right, I just yeah. won't ever say anything that comes across across like four degrees from being a compliment to Valorant. <laughs> I just can't get on board with that. <laughs> All right, I get it. Uh, do you think I'll ask this question for Ben since his voice is going? Do you think it'll be in your your top ten, Leo? Your two tens will it make the two tens. Oh, if, if I'll, it I'll count it this year, year I guess is probably. The but yeah, um, my maybe I don't I don't know. I really really like it, but I, I haven't gone back and done an inventory yet. There are tons of games I like this year. Yeah. Also, we'll it's like it's hard if the even if the full game releases at the game awards, it's like a beta gonna be you know in the top ten or like mm-hmm. a game yep. that's been out for like three days yeah yeah by <laughs> yeah. yeah. heartbeat though it's certainly certainly up there for this year if you if you measured my dopamine levels oh i was wondering what you meant by by heartbeat i feel like i've never heard that before it's a science thing <laughs> okay <laughs> i've just never heard it as a as a th- like this is how i rank a thing i like is what i meant oh yeah there are many ways to and if you were to choose that one hmm well, speaking of hearts and pulling them out of people's chests and shoving yeah. them into a billboard, uh, let's talk a little bit about Alan Wake 2, which, uh, you know, the deepest dive, which Ben plugged at the top of the show, is going strong. So there is a, there's a place to hear a lot more about Alan Wake from MinMax. But, I mean, Jacob, I imagine you want to have a platform to sort of talk about Alan Wake 2, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because I... I haven't listened to the deepest dive yet just because I haven't had time. I'm like, I am, I am like one mission away from the end of the game. I think I am, I'm very close. And I started off the, the hottest of hots on it. And I'm really interested to figure out like where I think this game is going to end. Well, is, is my guess, but like right now I'm kind of, and I, I'm not quite as hot just because it's Ooh. like the, uh, you know, Kyle, as you said in your review, it's like there is gameplay stuff that gets in the middle of how the cool stuff that the game's doing. And it's okay. so it's just kind of in like a a very limbo space in terms of like how I'm feeling about the game right now. I can say that. that that makes me feel good, Jacob, because so, so <laughs> lately I, I feel like maybe I'm like losing my mind. Like to, I like Alan Wake 2 a lot. Like I have. I sing a lot of praises for that game in in my review on GameFormer.com, but I did come on if you're in, if you're unfamiliar, I came in kind of low on the sort of review score compared to most people. Um, and and what I'm hearing a lot now is like I think people have some similar complaints to me, but I think maybe I just weighed them more than I, other people. It is it is something I I have rarely thought about kind of like how you would formulate a review more than with Alan Wake two because essentially the question is like. Hey, do you start at zero and give it points every time it does something cool? Or do you start at 10 and take away points when it does something bad? Because, right. like, if I'm starting at zero and giving it points, it's way up there because the highs in this game, like, the things that it is trying are, like, so cool. And and I, I tweeted this, but it's like, after, you know, after playing Spider-Man 2, playing a game that feels like, oh my god, here is an authorial point of view, you know, that it, like, it feels like it has, it is just, like, made decisions that I love and are weird and unexpected is, like, so refreshing. But, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I, I have been wondering, uh, the, the past few days playing this, if my game is somehow glitched in that the, 
uh, I set it on the normal difficulty, but it had actually set itself on the hard difficulty because I have found that combat in that game is like almost unplayable for what? me. Really? And, oh, and wow. it's either okay. I, I, I know like really I it sounds it sounds like a ridiculous thing to be like <laughs> I said on normal and the combat's on True. hard, but it's like I I will dump like like an entire clip of pistol ammo, like 12 bullets into an enemy's head after like breaking their shield and they keep coming and they don't like react to the shots, you know, you have and, enough and words it's just, of gun? I, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about saga here, you know, oh. but it's like, and then in Alan sections where they're like the shadows and some of them attack you and some of them don't. And it just like, I, I like dread the combat sections in this game because it's just like, here's a part where I'm going to die a whole bunch of times. Huh. And the really cool thing that's happening in the game is going to become less cool because I'm going to have to like go through the checkpoint and see it all happen like six mm. times. And so I knocked it down to easy just last night, which feels bad because now every enemy dies in like a single shot. Right. right. But it, it like I, I found that very frustrating and I'm mad that it's taking away from the cool things that this game is doing, which I think are so cool, you know, yeah. and it's like the, the I don't want to get caught and just is they're just knocking it out of the park and everything. Yeah, it's like I don't want to get caught talking about the negatives because like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but it but it is like they're more frustrating for how good I think like so many of the things the game is attempting are. Yeah, when you yeah. said that uh, you what you're losing sleep because you're thinking about this game so much. What, what type of stuff are you thinking about? <laughs> I, I just it was like it happened like the first night and i i kind of i can't even it was it was just like the the thing that you're all you're all past but like you know going going into that first overlap with saga oh, yes. and like i mean just the like i i suppose alan wake one was also a horror game but it's just like place in the generations and the kind of like you know the 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 maximum uh tech things it could do are just kind of low enough that you play it now and it doesn't feel particularly scary and this game is just able to do like weird scary things yeah. and and like the i don't know the snapping back and forth of realities oh. it all just kind of gets in my brain yeah I, i'm i'm enjoying it a lot more than i thought so far just in the in the okay. first third yeah i've just been blown away again by the presentation just i mean we talk about it but and thankfully, somebody in the comments corrected us because I was gushing over like there's just a scene with like a live action projector projecting like a real actor. And then you can walk as a character in front of that and just like having a video game character have a live action person projected onto them like that level of just weird things like I've never played this in a game before. Somebody in the comments, though, was like they did that in control. Technically, you could move the projector around at the live action things. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of forgot about that. But, but that still. is fun to get like excited about a studio and see like, OK, they were kind of practicing right yeah well i mean talk like about harder in these getting directions. excited about a studio you know just yeah. the, like like right. i was <laughs> i was kind of expecting i knew that control would be related to this game i don't think i 
you know, expected how much. I certainly did not expect how much freaking Max Payne would oh my be God. in this game. Oh my like, God. like, it feels like Quote unquote, 40% of a Max Payne game. And, like, I love the actor so much, and hearing him deliver lines again is so fun for me. And the things where the cutscenes are, like, they'll be like a like a second flash where the characters just, like, are making the cover of Max Payne yes. 2 or whatever. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, it's so, you know, I, I feel I feel dumb because I, I criticize things for being like, having just like, I recognize this. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want them to just give me like, hey, I get that reference. But like, it goes so much further than that. And the kind of like, the layers of meta fiction that they are doing with like taking max Payne, kind of and putting him in this world are just so interesting yeah and so if you if you haven't played it yet just to be really clear yeah so the max Payne thing is not that max Payne shows up it's the idea of sam lake who was the face model for the original max Payne. he's a character in this game that's voiced by the guy who also voiced max Payne. so spiritually max Payne is in it and they they know what they're doing with that with those ingredients you know yeah yeah he's yeah and I'm, I'm sure the Remedy multiverse stuff, Remedy connected universe is not going to work for absolutely everybody. But I think they're doing such a good job of it that it's like you don't feel left out by not being super familiar with everything they're referencing. It's like pulling you in by going, here's these individual elements and why they're cool and they work on their own in here. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about them, we have these ways to do that. But it doesn't feel like it's pushing people away or being like an exclusive club or anything. It's just like almost a, a celebration of their stuff. There was a news story recently that the headline was along the lines of like Remedy offers updates on Control 2 and the Max Payne remake. And my thought was like, yeah, they just it's called Alan Wake 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they released it. Everybody. Yeah, I'm just so thankful. It's a weird thing that like it took them this long to make Alan Wake 2 because I feel like if it, they would have made that version in 2015 or whatever it would have been like a an okay follow-up to Alan Wake and, you know, it'd probably play on the Resident Evil 4 mechanics a little bit more, yada, yada, but just, like, it feels like letting them cook for this long, it has just resulted in such a weird, bold, dare I say, more artistically interesting experience, you know? And uh, the whole plot just being, like, some dude was going crazy for 13 years writing, and then yes. this happened. Yes. And then, like, that being the game that you play. Yes. It, it is... I mean, this is early on, but it's like, this might be just one of the most interesting games I've played since Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, that level of just, like, there's so much to unpack. About, yeah, and, what it means to the studio yes, and all those yes. things. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, sure. where y'all have stopped in the deepest dive, you, you got some big stuff coming. Yeah. Like, I, I, I cannot wait. The, the next episode in particular, I'm very interested Ooh. to see reactions. <laughs> It's, uh, I, I'm so curious where it goes because where we're at right now, there was a lot of like, yeah, maybe this isn't working or this is bad or dumb or whatever, but maybe it's explained in this opposite way in the future or whatever. It's like there's infinite like imagination we have right now. And I'm curious to see where we land when we're in Kyle mode at the end. <laughs> no, that is <laughs> Kyle mode. <laughs> no, and that is the big thing, too, is like, I, I mean, a real thrill for me is I, I loved playing Marvel Spider-Man 2. We're going to do a max spoilers about it uh, in the future. But I, I love that entire experience. Uh, especially during the bigger chunks where it was like, I really don't know where this story could go. I think eventually Spider-Man's like, I think I got a good sense of where this is going. But that is the thrill of playing Alan Wake 2. It's like, truly, I have no idea where they're going to be going in the future, in in what medium it's going to be told to me. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> that just that range of possibilities is is so exciting. But it is it 
too simplistic to say just 2023, everyone's like, oh, best year for games, best year for games. I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about that. But uh, it's like, it just feels like one of the weirdest year for games. Like, it seems like all of the big games are just bizarre. I mean, Baldur's Gate 3, the range of possibilities there, have sex with the bear, everybody loves it. Mario Wonder, it's like, uh, it's just weird. Here you go. And Spider-Man 2 is being kind of the the simpleton's choice, if you will, Jacob Geller. But at the same time, <laughs> like, what I love about Spider-Man 2 is like it leans into the weirdness uh, from the first game even more. Like, There's so much mental stuff going on in Spider-Man 2 um, that I feel like it also falls in this category. Just like, no, let's just lean into more surreal elements. And I feel like 2023 has really played that up in a bigger way than most years, I think. Yeah, it's You're why I'll be... Yeah. It's why I'll be arguing so hard against Final Fantasy 16 in the uh, 210s because that's the <laughs> every other game is doing such weird things. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> you know, when you look at the it's like Spider Man 2 and Final Fantasy 16, I think stand out as like kind of normal AAA releases in a game that has had a lot of like abnormal triple-a releases in really interesting ways yeah i i will stand up for spider-man 2 though i do think i do think it, there's like i feel like seven of those missions take place in people's minds like there's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff in that game yeah man. and we all played yeah. far cry 3 ben we've seen the inside of people's minds before <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is the hard part of spider-man 2 also really good yeah, yeah. that truly is yeah remember ultra hand you guys Yes, I mean, honestly, I think that falls in the camp too. Ultra Hand is a weird thing. Slapping (laughs) stuff together with green goo and it freaking rules. Like, it's the weirdest year. Definitely. Uh, And, you know, speaking of Metal Gear Solid 4, which you mentioned like five minutes ago, Ben. (laughs) Nailed it. Yes. Uh, Yeah, the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 is out on everything. I actually ended up playing it quite a bit. I probably played like... I probably played like 45 minutes to an hour of Metal Gear Solid 1 and then like two or three hours of Metal Gear Solid 2 and almost like four or five hours of Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, because I really adore those games and I, I am curious if there's anybody out there picking them up for the first time yes. because it's really hard for me to not have nostalgia goggles for those games and, and know completely how they work from the start. And like, it's like, oh, well, I got to go first person and, you know, shoot people in the head with my tranquilizer gun, which is like, if I remember correctly, it probably actually took me a while to figure that out the first times I played it. But uh, Ben, I think maybe you have the most to say about the game. I don't I don't know. How's, how's your voice doing? Are you doing OK? I'm going to make fine. it. It's a little it's more like big bossy than solid snaky, but uh, okay. I think I can pull it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, Master Collection. Lots of uh, asterisks here. I mean, it's it sure, it's cool yeah. to have the games playable on modern systems. There's a lot of belly aching, and I totally get it about like, oh, resolution isn't that great, and it's technically 720. The upscale of 1080, and the PC version, the fans had to make it so it can run in 4K. Like, there's did, did a you lot play of the things. Switch version? At all? I have not touched on Switch. I haven't. Which I, no, I, I hear doesn't get above 30 fps okay right that, that sounds disappointing yeah, I, yeah. I, I, i'm I, i'm going off of what you were saying from that event that you went to right right uh yeah i haven't touched the switch one so i need other okay. folks to, to weigh in on that but i've been playing on, on ps5 the only thing that's kind of weird is like i don't like that it's like all separate launchers you like yes. download yeah. everything separately it's like I just, if i want 
the one-stop shop for Metal Gear stuff. I don't want to be like, okay, so this is the separate launcher on my PS5 dashboard to get the bonus features, and then within that is where I can play Snake's Revenge. Like, just give me the one thing to boot up, and I can get to all these yeah. other details. And here. then Metal Gear Solid, the confirm button is circle in all menus, right. and then in two and three, it's X, which is weird. And that was a huge chance to standardize that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you talk about those menus, Kyle, hearing the menu sounds of a Metal Gear Solid game make me very happy. I and know. so it's just like a stupid, that, simple thing. Like That's <laughs> back on my PS5, and that's that good feeling. That put booting up Metal Gear Solid one in particular, and there's that that sound cue that like really they never use again. That's like bum bum yeah. bum 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 bum. Unbelievable. It's like oh yes, truly uh, we are home. But I I mean it really yeah it, it, on at its simplest level it's like it's nice to have Metal Gear Solid one two and three playable on modern consoles. Like I'm I'm happy with that that and then maybe I'm uh the part of the problem because that's really all I wanted. But like the uh, yeah some of the 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 sort of uh, bonus features and things like that are you know kind of underwhelming and there's there's not a whole lot to yeah them. The, the scripts are cool there's like a little ebook you can flip through stuff like that uh, you know you have the visual novels version that Ashley Wood made for one and two I believe um, yeah. but I, Kyle I'm kind of with you I'd love to hear from people who are playing it for the first time maybe and I'd love to unpack it in a bigger way in the future and stuff but like going into this I don't know what it is it feels like gaming culturally. It feels like, are the tides turning on Metal Gear? Is this going to now be embarrassing to go back to one of my favorite series, you know? And so I was kind of uh-huh. scared jumping into Metal Gear Solid 3 again and starting to play that again where it's like, God, it is it is so dopey. We're, we're going through a whole explanation of the Cuban Missile Crisis. There's, there's just so much Kodak conversations. I get it. But at the same time, it's like... it. It got me just seeing, you know, Big Boss do the flick of the cigar in the opening, like just those little the moments pants flapping in the wind, which blew yeah. my mind on PS2 when he's like leaning out the plane. Oh, my <laughs> God. And honestly, it just like the cinematography got me again. It, very little about the gameplay got me again, but the presentation again uh, completely charmed me once again. So, it, it, Jacob, do you know what I'm saying? Where it feels like culturally, it does feel like, are we ready to, to say Metal Gear wasn't that good? Everyone should shut up no i uh, I haven't i haven't felt that uh at all but uh i think it's i think i think similar to alan wake uh to games with a strong sense of authorship even if they're dumb are going to uh continue standing out and people saying this was when games were real when uh confronted with uh other things coming out that we may or may not talk about sure uh, I mean, is that an opportunity to move into Delta? Because, like, I, I'm with Jacob, and, like, I haven't really... Oh, oh, no, I was... Sorry, I was talking about Silent Hill Ascension. Oh, but, uh, oh. Delta, we'll other talk Konami about it. We'll talk about soon. it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my perception, Ben, has not been that, like, anyone's turning on Metal Gear as much oh, as they're, God. like, turning on Konami. Right. In general. That's, that's the weird like, line, yeah. It's, it's, like, playing these games is almost a reminder of, like, yeah, man, Kojima really did something special here with these games. And now he's not involved in the franchise anymore. And there's a remake coming. Yeah. Which everyone is sort of the the initial reaction to that trailer is kind of like, I don't know if this game's going to have a soul, which That's... is like a, an interesting sort of ethereal take that I kind of agree with, but also will play the hell out of that game the, the second it's available to me. <laughs> Metal Gear yeah. Solid 3. Uh, Delta Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta is what it's called officially, right? Snake Eater. Right. Metal Gear Solid Delta. Did they put the three in there? I don't think they did. I think they're trying to no, get away yeah, from it. No, they dropped the solid, right? No, 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 no. no. They wouldn't drop the solid. 
Um, yeah, and it feels like, you know, I'm I'm glad Kojima's not making remakes, but it does feel like if he was involved, that game would be really interesting. You yeah. know, it would be doing like a Final Fantasy VII remake-esque, yeah. like, let's interrogate what it means to be a remake. Uh, and instead, it is exactly the same game with the same script with better graphics, which like, hey, I don't want someone else rewriting it, but also it's just kind of like... You know, what what are we doing here? Like, is this is this is the best we can do is just do like, you know, those things where someone's like, I remade Mario 64 in Unreal 5. Right. Like that's that's what Delta kind of looks like to me. Yeah. It's also weird because it's like that and the collection. It's like a Konami board meeting where they're like, here's our two options for cash grabs. And they're like, why are we choosing? Yeah. How do you how do you feel about Twin Snakes, Jacob? Because I'm, I'm actually quite positive on Twin Snakes and, and love that it exists and wish it were part of the collection that came out recently, which is very much like someone else tackling Metal Gear Solid with Kojima consulting and being a yeah, band, yeah, which is I, like I think not what Delta is. I, I don't think. Yeah, I I think that Twin Snakes is an incredibly interesting cultural object in a way that there is almost no chance Delta will be. You know, like I think it's interesting that we can have conversations about like what Twin Snakes is. Uh, you know, this this far out from it in a way that no one really talks about, like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. Yes. Like that or whatever. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think it's you know, I don't think it's an improvement on Metal Gear Solid one, but like it is fascinating. And I will usually prefer fascinating to kind of boring. Yeah. And then and then sort of on top of all this discussion, I, I can at least say that I've started uh, Super Mario RPG remake, yeah, and which is I think is the Delta approach, yeah, of course, which I, is that's like, perfect. Let's just fully remake this thing a hundred percent. Is at least what I what it feels like so far of what I've played, which is like the first you know like four or five hours or something like that. And like as someone who is very nostalgic for Mario RPG, like I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> you know, yeah, even yeah. though it's just it truly is just like this. You, you remember this thing now? It, it's prettier now. <laughs> just Perfect. like maybe that's what I want from Delta. I would well, be okay with I, that. I think what's weird but I see what you're saying, Jacob. I would rather have the sort of odd discussion point Kojima consulting on it or being more involved or something just to give it, you know, that that edge that it probably won't have. I just uh, I feel like so much of it comes down to like that initial design of these games or Mario RPG. It's like hey, you get it. You could. You're doing a faithful recreation of that, and it makes sense. Something like the Shadow of the Colossus remake, I think, is interesting just because the design and ambition and world of Shadow of the Colossus originally was so ambitious ahead of its time that doing a faithful remake, it's like Bluepoint made that game, and it's like it still feels awesome. Whereas Metal Gear Solid 3, as much as we all love it, I think uh, we talked about on a previous episode of the podcast, Kyle, it's the best game of the decade. Um, but remember that one when we went through and tried to figure out the... We already did the I math, don't, Kyle. But I believe you. We already did the math and all this. It turns out it was the best game of the decade. Okay. But even I, at the I think s- that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's so ambitious to be like, all right, snakes in the jungle, that it still had to gamify the jungle and make things more kind of gamified blocks of like this section. All right, walls here, closed off this way, two guards this way. It's the jungle, everybody, because there's grass textures, you know, but you're not feeling like you're lost in the wilderness at any right. point in Metal Gear Solid 3. Maybe, you know, the end fight, you're a little turned around. Um, and so that's what's so wild about this remake, because it's like all the ingredients are there for it to be blown out and kind of, if you went back and made a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake based on 
the first discussions they probably had internally about what Metal Gear Solid 3 could be of like, what if it was just survival in the jungle in the 60s? Like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Like that idea I think would age really well, but instead just to make a very technically proficient, hopefully, uh, in Unreal Engine 5 remake of like game design from 2004 of just kind of siloed little jungle sections. It's such an odd mix. It, 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 I'm getting more and more pessimistic the more I see. But then again, I went and it, yeah, playing Metal Gear Solid 3 again, I was in the camp of like, I, I wouldn't mind having some updated controls here. I wouldn't mind a s- slightly smoother experience. And so maybe uh, if it's just going to be crouch some... crouch walk would really go... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what you Because you have standing and, and crawling on the ground. And those are your options in Metal Gear Solid 3. Something right. in the middle would be lovely. Yeah. What did you think about going back and, and playing the opening of 3 again, though, Kyle? Man, I loved it. And like I was saying, it's, it's hard to not look through that game with nostalgia glasses yeah. it is although it, that one's weird for me because metal gear solid 3 uh i it, at the point where it came out in my life this is a weird way to talk about it i just like inhaled everything about the game prior to yeah, release yeah to the point where there were still a lot of major surprises but there were i like knew who all the bosses were i knew about the suicide pill and the tooth <laughs> You know, I knew yeah. like that whole sequence to the point where like I was kind of underwhelmed at the time, like when I played it the week it came out, just because like there were I just I went it like taught me to like be careful with like reading too much about something you're excited about. Sure. Like, like pull it back sometimes. But when I revisit the game, because like the last time I played both two and three in full was when it came out on 360 and PlayStation three and playing it there, I was like, oh, well, three does sort of hold up better over time. And does play the best, even though two is still like my my personal favorite. Three is the one that like I feel like I can recommend to maybe like Metal Gear newbies or the one that's just the easiest to go back to. And it it's like the cleanest, if that makes I sense. Stand alone. Like, yes, yeah. Yeah. and it is like both in, in narrative and just even like mechanically. I feel like it's 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 the one that I like enjoy going back to the most. Even if two will just forever be my favorite, and yeah. nothing will unseat that. I had a weird experience of of playing it again here, just the, the opening, and I was like, you know, I, I liked Subsistence when it came out, you know, um, but I was like, I kind of, I'm more nostalgic for the other camera, and so I switched it away from the third person camera just to have the more Metal Gear Solid Two style camera, like it originally launched with. It's like Where it's locked, like you don't have control. Right, you know I mean? right, yeah. yeah, just something I don't know. I guess like just it feels more dated in a quaint way playing it like that, you know, then I guess it trying to feel more modern, but it's still in this uncanny valley control wise where the third person camera makes you feel like you can do more and it should feel more comfortable than it really does, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think I could go back to that mode. Yeah. I, I should try it though. Just for nostalgia's sake. I, I forgot, man, I am kind of freaked out. Like I love this game so much, but then again, it's like, I, it's been a long time since I've played all the way through Metal Gear Solid 3. So there is stuff even starting it over again where I was like, I feel ashamed as a Metal Gear fan. I'm like, wait, that's right. How does Fox become Fox Hound again? Like, just like those big lore details that I was like, oh God, I'm embarrassed that I've forgotten some of this stuff. Or I forgot that be. like the first <laughs> the first conversation you have with the boss in this game, which immediately is like, oh God, I forgot how cool the boss is. But then I forgot like how dopey it is in such a delightful way where uh, Naked Snake 
where he's like, oh, it's been five years, 72 days and 18 hours since the last time we talked. It's like, this is a rom-com? It's so bizarre. But then they just immediately dive in like, hello, former mentor, hello. And they just immediately talk about politics and war and what changes with the times and what doesn't. It's just like, is so delightfully blowhardy that I forgot that it's like, oh, that's just the first conversation they have before they even meet each other in the jungle, you know? It's just unbelievably... Uh, you you understand, I think, the critiques a little bit about the Metal Gear Solid series going back to it, where it's like, oh, it is some blowhardy codec conversations, but if you got a taste for that in your blood because you love this stuff as a kid, it's it's so satisfying. No, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking in that game. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, overall, going back to it, you enjoyed it more or less than you thought? Oh, it was on, on par. You know, I wasn't, like, blown away. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was, like... It, it, it's what I expected. I, I'm just happy to have a sort of an easy way to revisit them. And I'm also glad that I have a save now with Metal Gear Solid 3 that's like four or five hours in. Like I was doing the first proper sure. Otacon fight, uh, you know, over the ravine. And it'll be nice. It's like if I ever want to play Metal Gear Solid 3, I don't have to go through the beginning necessarily. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Konami's certainly messaging like, hey, Metal Gear's back, baby. Here we go. Um, it, it's, yeah, I think with the... Don't you trust us? It's, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think yeah. to some extent it's going to be bagged. I think, I think there's good folks over there trying. Um, I, I wonder if there's an instance in the future where Kojima would be sort of back in the fold of Metal Gear. Like I would never expect Kojima to make another Metal Gear or solid game. But I wonder if like he would over the course of time and executive changes of leadership at Konami, if like he would be like, yeah, I, I actually touched this one and came in as a consultant and like looked over. You know what I mean? I, I was available to answer emails. I or, think or like the, the way some of the former Blizzard and WoW talent, they've like come back for creative consultant roles yeah. or I guess uh, Mark Dara, the producer for Dragon Age, he's he went back to Bioware is like, look, I'll just kind of shepherd this thing, but I'm not actually an employee again. Maybe, but then again, I just don't think Konami... Who would be pushing for that within Konami? And Kojima's busy, you know. It's like I'm sure it'd be an yeah. emotional nightmare for him. So I, I don't think so. But, but I mean, if you're if you're a young executive at Konami who who's put in a right. position of power suddenly, I mean, that would be my first thing that I would try to do is like try to figure out some way to at least sort of get that relationship back in a position <sighs> of. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm just talking about hypotheticals that who knows that they could ever even happen. Yeah, Kojima might be done with Metal Gear. Like he's just he's too in the same way. Like you know, a, a director like makes a film and doesn't want to see the sequel because it just hurts too much. It's like I can't. Yeah. That's my franchise that they took away from me. I can't. I can't look at it anymore. I would totally understand that reaction. It, yeah, I I think he should be done with Metal Gear. As much as sure. I love the series, yeah. you know, it's like it. It's it's good to move on. It's okay. Sure. Um, but I mean, in terms of like, you know new people at Konami attempting to do new things. Like, I thought it was interesting that there's that teaser trailer of that David Hayter show called Metal Gear Legacy. I'm still a little bit confused about this, but it's like a trailer for, it looks like a whole series where David Hayter is going to be running through the best moments of Metal Gear history. So it's just, I mean, it's one of those things like, yeah, that sounds good on paper. Sure, we, could, we should bring David Hayter back. That's kind of a cool thing for fans. But it's like, how interesting could that show be? I'm really curious to see. I mean, if they go all in, that sounds great. But if it's David Hayter basically being Tosh 2.0 for check out the B guy. It's like, I, I don't know. Jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I know. think, I think he's, he has a fundamental understanding of metal gear and has longer than any of us, frankly. Um, like I think, you know what I mean? Like I think he truly has a, a love and appreciation understanding of that franchise, but yeah. um, as opposed to just being a hired actor, you, you know what I mean? I yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a difference. There, but. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? 
Uh, hey, Konami, let's keep the Konami train rolling. <laughs> Silent From Hill, one ascended. good decision to another. <laughs> Speaking of legacy, uh, has has anyone did anyone like actually play quote unquote play this game? I, I talked to uh, Genvid briefly on monday of this week and they kind of gave me a little presentation of what the what ascension was going to be and and that so that's my familiarity so you could have stopped them i i maybe i should (laughs) have i think i played it uh (laughs) so it's like an app that you download and it's like a it plays a little video and then you can interact with it and there's little mini games and stuff in there and there's chat on the side but i jumped into it and Right, there was a rhythm game in there. Yeah, like classic Hill music. <laughs> it kept like kind of uh, crashing, not the app crashing, but kind of like the video player would just stop. And so I was trying to watch like kind of funny's pre-show, and then I tuned in for a little bit during the actual sequence itself. Um, it's basically Silent Hill Ascension meets HQ, the trivia game, is the easy explanation. Where it's like a daily event, they want everybody to jump in there and unpack everything. An idea we all out. had, frankly, to be clear, they're just the ones that executed. They were first, all. yeah, yeah. I really, I, you know, it's. I'm happy they're trying something. It's like I don't want to poo-poo people for one of these things because I think those ingredients make sense. Of like, hey, let's have some interactive, long-form yeah. narrative and little bite-sized pockets. Let people jump in there, get a battle pass uh, for this story. They can influence decisions. It's all Silent Hill canon. Like, it makes sense that a company like Genvid, uh, they they raised $113 million uh, for this overall push, working with several IPs, and Silent Hills is the first one they're getting out of the gate with. Uh, and they have, like, former Netflix talent there and stuff. And so... And Telltale I, as well. Right. So it's one of those things where those ingredients make sense, but then you look at it, it's just like, no one's going to be into this. I, I, what are we doing here? I mean, I, that, I mean, go ahead, Jacob, please. Oh, I, I just think I think it's exciting that in, you know, we're we're alive during the birth of like the new worst way that you could tell a story. <laughs> I, I think it's like, you know, you, you want to you want to appreciate things as they happen historically. Yes. Um, wow. uh, ben, I I disagree with you slightly and that like i cannot imagine uh, why this would have looked good on paper at at any point it's it's just like you know for, I, for hedge fund uh, weirdos looking to invest something you say yeah. netflix oh, talent sure. so yeah, interactive people story? fundamentally yeah. don't understand video games or art making a decision yes. about how to tell a you know story <laughs> put yourself in uh, their minds more jacob come on man it's called no, empathy about the they're money. valid <laughs> what what i will say is the most interesting thing going on here is that uh so the first night was like uh, 30 minutes but they're actually going to be like five to seven minutes a night um they they say that it is going to run for eight months. Uh, I would like to make a prediction that it will last for 30 days. That's uh, that's how long I think they'll keep going on. But last night, uh, the second night, after the show, for 25 minutes, the director of this game and like someone from PR came out afterwards and basically talked about how how we weren't getting it and how they were going to like fix it ben you should you should really watch this um i saw i saw someone on reddit said that it uh it it is the most compelling part because it feels like they are living in their own silent hill (laughs) um where where the he was talking about so it's like the first night 
um, chat was out of control. It seemed completely unmoderated. Um, uh, the, the second night, they turned off chat completely. Uh, they said, hey, actually, chat was moderated, but uh, it, one, it was moderated by AI, so things were not going well. Uh, two, he said they had a team of moderators in every language, but since they had to go through all of the messages, messages were popping up like 10 minutes after they were posted, uh, which you might think during a live presentation, <laughs> what's the point? Um, but people could keep sending their stickers onto the screen uh, because when you're watching a cutscene about like a guy who killed his wife, what you really want is just like stickers <laughs> being thrown on top saying it's yeah. trauma, uh, which is one of the stickers <laughs> that you can get with the uh, season pass. Um, it's trauma. There is, it's I saw trauma. that one getting shared around. Yeah. One of, so one of the one of the big parts of the <laughs> gameplay is you can vote on what happens. And one of the big pieces of criticism for the voting is that you get more points. Like you can get points by buying them. Um, so you can like, buy. Yes, you can influence points. Yeah. Lobby influence points. Um, and so people are being like, you know, kind of saying. What is the point of this? It just seems like people who are rich can you know, buy all the decisions of the show. And uh, the guy got out there and said, no, 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 that's not the case. These decisions have millions of points behind them. So even if you tried to buy them, you couldn't buy enough to influence them, which seems like it is also confirming <laughs> that no one's vote matters at all. Like, right. why? Why would you vote <laughs> even a little bit? Um, all of the decisions take like four days to matter in game because they have to like make the next thing like it i don't know how this development works it kind of feels like what they're communicating is they're like grommet on the train like laying yeah. down the track in front of them <laughs> where it's like you know it's like until dawn if the developers had to like make the next cutscene after you decided something and so nothing actually happens based on like what you're deciding in the game during that game, you have to wait days to see how it affects the story. I, well, they, it, they, they told me they're four weeks ahead is how they described it. So they have ev they've made every cutscene for like the next four weeks, you know, and this one, maybe you'll never see this one, you know, because this one got voted. And then as they but I mean, that doesn't really answer your question, but I. I yeah, know, but it's I still it's still like, that I want to share, you know, in, in a telltale game, when you choose to save someone you then want to watch the other person die. And in this choosing to save someone, you have to tune in, you know, half a week later to see what happens to the other person. I, it, it just like, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. It, it, it feels like if this is, you know, if this is the future of video games, I'll just stop playing them, you know? And I don't think it is because I no. think this is going to be such a failure, but like I, it is, it is one of the worst conceived things that i could think of for doing with this series well, my my reaction to it was of somewhat horror seeing it like the thing that scared yeah. me was like the on-screen icons and like chat and stuff and my my thought was like i would be interested in this if it was something like until dawn like if it was slasher fiction where it's like you love and hate certain characters. Everyone like like optimistically, right? Like this big giant group is watching something and they're rooting for their favorite characters. It's like that seems I kind of like that idea 
for something like like the equivalent of going to like a midnight showing of your favorite like slasher movie. But like my reaction was just like Silent Hill is like not the choice for this. Like that is just not the IP or franchise to have people sort of throwing emojis on the screen and voting <laughs> for their favorite characters. It's like that's yeah. just fundamentally not what Silent Hill has ever been about. Was sort of yeah, my, my I mean, initial on the, reaction. On the plus side, um, it doesn't feel like a good story that they're wasting with this format. You know, it's like the actual events happening on screen are also uninteresting. Uh, but it's I, good. I don't know. There we go. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> fr- fr- friend, friend of the show, Mike Drucker uh, tweeted. It's like oh it is literally it's a worse Quibi. Like it's yes. Quibi, yes. but there yes. is also a a Twitch UI put over the whole thing. Oh my! To be God. fair, I would read a weekly essays from Mike Drucker about Silent Hill Ascension if he wants to deepest to- dive on <laughs> Silent Hill Ascension God, from Mike Drucker. It, it it is such an anomaly in the game industry. It'll be something five years from now. We'll say, do you remember Silent Hill Ascension? Like it it you it is. No, they'll say no. Right, but it's like, but you could make a good video essay unpacking the history of this thing because it is such a funky, weird experiment that I I love the industry for trying, even if I'm horrified by it. And like, the, so the head of GenVid, that Jacob Novak guy, I assume he's the guy who came up on stage afterwards. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, bit of a bit of a blue herd with all due respect okay sorry sorry um but no don't believe it i i interviewed him and he didn't strike me as you know too much of a blue herd or something back in the day but uh i interviewed him because he was also at square enix when he was heading up their cloud streaming initiative uh and do you remember what that was called jacob uh cloud strifing close uh shinra they started up their cloud oh. gaming unit and they called it Shinra. It's like the evil That's corporation. That's the right reaction, Leo. <laughs> it's really confusing. So, also, Bethesda also did one. Why? These companies have no business doing this. Oh, it was such a wild success that he got the chance to take on this $100 million project. Right, right. Uh, so that some, didn't exactly... Some kind of tax fraud. Yeah, so that didn't work out. Um, but it was weird because it was in like the development studio where they're making just cause three, there was like a little side office and that was the Shinra headquarters. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. For a temporary <laughs> moment in time. Uh, but Silent Hill Ascension, maybe people are really into it. Jacob, who can say, who can say, uh, Oh, I can maybe say they're can. not. Oh, uh, th- th- no one, no one is into this. <laughs> I'm yeah. so interested hearing that they have a bunch of other franchises lined up. I'm curious to see those pull out one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, a real, a real stadia. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, Yesterday, I was thinking about you cynical types, Jacob. Um, I was thinking, you know the name Stadia? I think that's top tier name. Look, I know we all laugh at the product. Really? I still, I still think that's a good name for that device. It's, it's cute. It's pleasant. It's kind of clever for Meaning a plural, words? a plural of stadium, like a big crowd. I, I stand by the name Stadia yeah. and I'll I stand mean, to by be honest, it to the grave. Like, I remember Stadia. I don't even know what the like current generation of Xboxes are actually called. <laughs> like I get it wrong every time I try to say it. Well, so there we it go. is better than that. Take the name Stadia Xbox. I think Stadia also like if they got behind it more, it could have been a thing. It was the one chance my dad had to play Red Dead Redemption too. And if he did it, who knows where he'd be right now? God, can you imagine? <laughs> and Jeff was waiting for the Stadia version of Red Dead too, but he's waiting for Stadia to catch on before he finally jump back in. Right. Started from the beginning. Um, Ben, you played Quest 3 recently. Hello. Right? Let's take a, a lovely detour into VR land. Uh, yeah, thanks to the folks at Meta. They shipped uh, shipped out a MetaQuest 3. Uh, oh, I want one too. 
Okay. Well, Lee, honestly, <laughs> uh, it, it's min maxes. So at any point, I mean, if you want to pick it up, it's it's all yours, dude. I want my own. Oh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. You're sorry. Meta, you heard the terms. Meta. Um, yeah, I think I uh, I took the bait. I, I don't know what I was thinking, Kyle. Like, I have a fine time with VR every time I play it. But I think it's just the problem of like hearing other people describe their experiences in VR. It's like, that sounds awesome. And yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. MetaQuest 3 is the best way to play VR. But then I still play it. And it's like, it's still just not that good. Well, yeah, when you said I've heard other people talk, I was like, I thought I came in pretty cool. On yeah, you I mean, know what? I, I, was I suppose the, you do listen to other people. I should. Uh, I was on the that. Friends Per Second podcast and Skillup over there was saying it was the second coming of Christ. Um, and so then, you know, yeah. I put it on. It's still like, OK, uh, it's still it's still always going to be a little bit blurry for me. And like having the pass through cameras is great. Um, but then it's like, OK, there's still. There's still clearly weird, distorted pass-through cameras with a bunch of grain and stuff on it. It's not like the full. It's not like you're watching the commercial for the Apple Vision Pro or something, you know. Where it's like I'm in my room still. It's like no, come on. So how many dishes did you clean? I clean. Actually, I went through. Yeah, I had to go dirty more dishes. I just squirted Hershey's <laughs> syrup on them just so I could keep cleaning them and watching YouTube. No, it was fun. I mean, this is simple VR stuff, but right, it right. didn't make me laugh that like going into like uh, YouTube VR, you can just basically <laughs> make a. Th- theater size screen however big you want really of youtube it's like putting on the minmax show and having like jeffum's face the size of oppenheimer <laughs> at the imax it's like that's that's actually pretty funny uh that, that's a fun and it thing sticks in the space uh that i didn't kyle do you, have you done that i don't know how to do that i was trying to figure it out sticks in the space how to like take it youtube and like pin, pin itself it. to the wall or something yeah. so you can move and it's still there oh. or is it all bound to i heard you can do that but i couldn't figure out like youtube vr the separate app i couldn't Forget how to yeah, put I that in the space. Too much. I mean, I know the menus, the Oculus, or excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, the menus, yeah. Apologies. The meta menus kind of will stay in position while you move your head around and stuff. But, right, uh-huh. right. And that, that's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I downloaded a bunch of games. Beat Saber is still good, all that stuff. 7th Guest VR. It is fun seeing the live action people. I, I enjoyed that yeah. a little bit. And, like, it has a thing where you have, like, a lantern that, like, puts the mansion back in time so wherever you shine the light it goes back in time so like the floor is really clean where you shine the light which is satisfying or like there's a table of like old decrepit food think of like uh, uh resident evil 7 you know then you like shine the flashlight on it a little uh, lantern it's like it's showing it in its pristine state and having like live action actors as ghosts is cool and like live action actors that you could like walk yeah, around I, I played- like an hour or two of seventh guests and i i was like this is cool this is like the right way to do seventh guests like this yeah. is a smart idea yeah yeah um, i heard you talk about uh on the firescape podcast yes. about uh the piano keys yeah getting to a piano and having guitar hero style notes come down have yes. you tried that yet uh that is that is the reason i want this thing is yeah. piano vision i downloaded the app and i have not got a piano yet so i was looking Online. That's a crucial part of it. <laughs> it's a small part of a piano. Yeah. Uh, I was looking around online and I, uh, you know, Facebook Marketplace, a couple of people bailed on me level of getting that keyboard so I can play Piano Vision with the MetaQuest. But I just bought one off Amazon. And so I have a piano coming to my house, a little keyboard for Piano Vision 3. This is my main mission now. This is the quest for Piano Vision because it sounds so cool. And Leo, please take it off my hands after a month of me using this and failing to be good. No, Meta has to send me my own. If they want me to use it. And a piano. Yeah. Full a scale. A grand piano. <laughs> a grand, grand piano. piano. <laughs> Come on, Meta. 
Uh, so that's it. And so, make it fit through my door, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you can go on Craigslist. You can find people trying to part with a piano for free. Yeah, people actually give away pianos all yeah. the time. You just have to transport them. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part. Well, now they shouldn't be giving them away. We should just be giving them a MetaQuest 3, and they'll be like, well, now my piano rules. I should keep this forever. <laughs> now it's a video game. Now it's a video game. So, yeah, I, I am so excited for that. I, Look, I'm, cool. I'm hyping myself up too much for this piano vision thing of having the Guitar Hero style notes coming down on a real life piano. But in my mind, this is going to be my game of the year. So it cannot <laughs> let me down. I just need piano vision to be as good as I imagine it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to play some too. Maybe we can talk about it. When's your piano coming? A couple, couple uh, it's coming on Saturday. All right, maybe I'll, That's I'll why we had to cancel the charity stream because I needed to learn to play Twinkle Twinkle <laughs> Little Star through MetaQuest 3. Uh, all right, Imagine uh, going to a restaurant and the dude playing piano there just has a question. <laughs> it's actually the only I way I can play. play. I'm sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Like the guy at the airport trying to get people to give little tips. Everybody <laughs> just listening to MetaQuest 3 on. Playing the Mario theme, super <laughs> uneasy mode. <laughs> oh. Hey, um, Ben, have you ever been asked this question? I know you're. I, I'm not trying to ask you too many questions, but yeah. you know how this whole thing operates. I do, Kyle. It is Patreon, baby. Patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. And also, Kyle, the funny thing, it also yeah. operates by me uh, refilling my coffee while you do this ad for I'm 8-Bit, our dear friends. I'm not ready for this. Coffee. <laughs> oh, you can, <laughs> Your I, notes I are, gave it to are, you. He needs his there. throat healing coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put honey in it. All right, Kyle, take it away. I am 8-Bit, okay. everybody. I am 8-Bit, a friend of the show. You guys know I am 8-Bit. Uh, Ben's notes are a little scant. They're they're written for him. He knows what he's doing with these. Read them direct. In. Let's see how handsome does it. Kyle, it's, it's a store online. It's, it's a store on the internet, and they sell really cool stuff. And, um, of course, every week we give an award to the, the question of the week, and the folks at I am 8-Bit send them a lovely prize which we're always excited to do. And this week, I believe they are sending out um, the... <laughs> see, I don't know about these notes, you guys. I'm going to I'm gonna roll the <laughs> dice here. I think they're sending... Um, ben, Ben, you can just nod. Are, are they sending... Are they sending uh, the Oxenfree uh, soundtrack to the question of the week? Yes. And the other thing? Okay. If you win question of the week, you get uh, the Oxen free reissue uh, 2X LP. Um, but the thing that we're promoting this week from IMA Bit is there they have the uh, a little to the left vinyl soundtrack uh, that's available on the store now. And um, Ben, what is how much discount do you get with this uh, with this code? Well, I'd argue that with, with your hands, <laughs> yeah, do it with your fingers. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, uh, 250%. <laughs> oh they give you money if you use this code. 10% uh, off but, everything under $100 at iMate Pets. Wonderful online store, everybody. Right. And the code uh, this month is gobble till you wobble. All one word. Oh gobble till you wobble. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I nailed it, Ben. You're going to go back and listen to this and be like, man, maybe Kyle should read the ads every week. <laughs> God damn. Uh, thank you, IM8 Bit. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you you want to hear some disturbing news? Mm. Uh, can your throat handle it? Yeah. Uh, I did a poll on Twitter and Instagram um, for that panda versus red panda debate on the podcast last week. Yeah, of course. Uh, red panda, people said the red panda was cuter. 65.2% of people 
Only 25% of people said that a regular panda is cuter. They're right. Red panda wins. I think this is recency bias. I think red panda over the last 10 years has been gaining steam and everyone's tired of a regular panda. There's a reason. Recency, you're using a decade of time as recency bias. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's pandas weird. are cuter than most animals, but you put these two together. It's like it's, it, it, one or two. What here's, number's higher? Okay, here's my question. Why do you think panda is like childhood staple level animal and red panda isn't? We learn about new animals all the time. They're not new. It's just culturally they, Pandas hip. happened to be popular when I was young. Yes. Right now it's axolotls. That's going to yes. be my kids' generation is axolotls are the cutest thing. They don't care about pandas. It's all PR. Things change. Uh, you are being manipulated. Okay. <laughs> the big axolotl lobby. <laughs> axolotl <laughs> lobby. What That's is the uh, discount code this week. <laughs> axolotl is, lobby. Is it Minecraft? Is that why people like axolotls or whatever? Huh? No, they added them recently to Minecraft, and it was a big, exciting deal in our household. I they don't like Quibble Cop because of Minecraft. <laughs> oh, I see. Speaking of which, we're going to be covering RoboCop next week on the podcast with Jeff. Um, uh, just so you're full thing. Um, hey, Kyle, can we get to these community questions? Yeah, I am reading them these this week. Let's see. Parmetheus asks, do you ever find yourself using slang ironically, but then you use it so much that you're basically using it unironically now? I do it way too much, e.g. YOLO, see lit, etc. I'm uh, not too proud to say it. I had a real moment where I said let's go a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know that started ironically, but then it became a very natural expletive. And there are clips from a few years ago where I was really busting out some genuine let's goes. <laughs> Is this like in Rainbow Six or something? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. A lot of that type of. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, it, it makes my, I don't know skin crawl when i hear like my nephews say stuff like that it's like well that's just stupid that's just stuff that six and seven year old would say at this point you know but like hearing them drive let's go into the ground has now made it other than for the ending of this episode uh other than that it's just it's made it just kind of yeah it it bugs me now we're at a point where it's like all right there's other things to say when an exciting thing happens everybody such as wowie zowie and (laughs) golly gee look at it go When's Wowie Zowie gonna catch up? <laughs> Mine in high school was a word like dub, you know. Oh W-E-R-D, right, like as just sort of an acknowledgement of somebody saying something, and you'd be like, oh yeah, word. And then it became a thing I actually said. I don't think I say it anymore, but uh, it, was, yeah. it was in there for a while. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I now unfortunately say I R L like Ooh. in conversation, Ooh. which I I wish I didn't, but uh, it's just like that's in there. <laughs> That's well, one can, of those things like it's giving blank or it's just like this is now the new easiest way to communicate this idea. So it's going to catch on. Yeah. Yeah. In real life, the same number of syllables. No, I couldn't do that. I have <laughs> no, to say shit. IRL. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Leo, uh, are, you, are you standing on like small chains or something? What is <laughs> making that sound? Oh, do you oh. hear that? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I have a really creaky floor, so I don't do standing. Oh, wait, no, no. It's, stream, I, but I thought it didn't no, 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 it's not creaky floor. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, because I am. Oh, sorry, wait, Ben. Do you hear it? Do you hear it now? It's, is that it? It is that. It is that. What is oh, that? Oh, okay. Oh. I'm sorry. I've been fidget spinning. Oh, damn it, Jacob. I thought it was Leo's. You got to get a quiet fidget the... spinner, Jacob. That's the trick. Mm. Damn. Ben or an invisible one. And by the way, I know this is playing into some giant bomb not drama, but... The whole the wrestling slang stuff has got to stop. 
everybody, we got to stop. Oh, I don't it. know any of it, so I don't know what everyone's they just, talking about. It has it. become default a giant bomb to say shoot and work and all that crap. It's got to end. <laughs> it's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I saw. I had. So I had can't, the pleasure of seeing Dan Reichert this weekend, and I was talking to him and catching up, and he used shoot. I, and I, I don't. I don't know what that means. I don't yeah, it's <laughs> like when you do something mean? bad and say, oh, shoot. No, no it's a it's shoot like a is for real and a work is uh, make believe. But it's like I just if I was really into I'm trying to what's an obnoxious. Um, what's an obnoxious Anime. hobby? If yeah, if I was yeah, really hen, hentai, <laughs> let's go. Let's think it's more specific. If I was really into hentai and it had its own lingo and then I went around and used that lingo at a party with people who wouldn't understand it and in, on podcasts where thousands of people don't understand what the hell you're talking about, that's not a cool thing to do. It sucks. You're imposing I mean, it, your specific crap on everybody and confusing the world. Stop it. it. It works for Scott Ackerman. Ben, I don't know how much you've been listening to Comedy Bang Bang lately, but the new bit is everyone accuses him of being really into hentai. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did see, uh, it popped up on my phone the other day when we visited Remedy, Kyle. Apparently, I drew a picture of you on their whiteboard, and then you were wearing a T-shirt, and I drew on the T-shirt that is a T-shirt that said hentai. And I was like, maybe that's not an appropriate <laughs> thing to put on Remedy's whiteboard. And that made it into Alan Wake, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's, uh, it's in the city. You can yeah, see it. That's the A-W-E. With a question mark. And Kyle got to it, and he said, yeah, 775, all right. Dock this sucker. <laughs> that's it. That's what brought it down. Drag it down. Um, it, it, so, uh, no, but Kyle, I wanted to say, I've been listening to, yeah, their... Uh, Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman's Bruce Springsteen podcast. Mm. And like as somebody who used to love Comedy Bang Bang and then I haven't listened to it in a big way in years, like just going back to the normal rotation of having Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott on that podcast, it is so freaking funny. The first hour of that show makes me laugh like no other <laughs> podcast does other than the Giant Bobcast, which is great. Other for the other than the shoot and work references all the time. <laughs> but like, oh my God, it's just so stupid. It's delightful. They know what they're doing over there. They know what over they're at doing, the Comedy man. Bang Bang Emporium. It is an emporium, yeah. Leo, so are, are we? Am I stupid for not getting into Hollywood Handbook? I think I listened to maybe one episode and was like, I don't know. Years I ago. don't even recommend it to people that much because it is such a specific thing. Yeah, like it's it's people. Somebody described it most succinctly as two smart nice guys pretending to be dumb mean guys who are pretending to be smart nice guys <laughs> so they're oh, always boy. kind of in light character like that yeah. and it was just the right moment i listened to that ben stiller episode watched the video and the video is really important to me because you can see when they're breaking it's the only podcast i listen to where they try not to laugh but i always watch the video because i love to see when they can't hold back and when they lean away from the mic to laugh and stuff and it was just a specific formula that i got sucked into and it's like now one of those things that oh yeah this is going to be a definitive for my sense of humor the way yeah. only one thing every like five years is I yep think. yep that is a fun thing to try and chart like the things that defined your comedic sensibility is that you can't break away from it's like yeah i think like yeah tim turry definitely was a big influence on me at a certain point my friend jesse was a big influence on me it's like it is so easy just to chart like oh in this era i was influenced by this comedically scott ackerman of course that was a big influence i feel like everybody in the 2010s and all that stuff you know yeah mm -hmm. Mr. Show for me in a big way. Yeah. Just in general. God, I think it was on that uh, Bruce Springsteen podcast. They were talking about a Mr. Show sketch that they didn't make. I don't know if you heard of this one, Kyle. It's it's so stupid. And it's one of those things that would never work as a sketch. But it's uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Heckle. Is there Mr. Jekyll? Have you seen this? <laughs> that, we're done. We're in. <laughs> so Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll, Mr. Jekyll. The idea is he would, <laughs> Dr. Jekyll would drink the potion 
And then the doctor behind him would fall off, off, off the wall. And then he'd suddenly be like, oh, oh, I'm slightly dumber. But then it would wear off and the doctor would go back up. That's the other that, does, that sounds like that's, yeah, that's Mr. Show. Okay. That's like okay. about the level there. And how do we make that funny for four minutes? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sam Worm asks, Sam Worms, plural, asks, what are some of your nitpickiest gaming opinions? I'm playing Alan Wake Remaster. And it drives me bonkers that the camera defaults to being over his left shoulder. Whoa. Um, in Alan Wake 2, uh, when you zoom the map, it doesn't automatically zoom on your uh, like where you are. And then you can move it. And so it's like I'll pull up the map and be like, OK, where am I? And I hit the zoom button and it just goes to like a random corner of the map. Mm, uh, which I find uh, very frustrating. It feels almost buggy to a certain degree no because there's a separate button to push that's like find yourself on the map but it's not the zoom button and so i always hit the zoom first and mess it up there was some game recently where the circle button did not take me out of the map and i had to hit the map button again i don't remember is it starbound or starfield maybe it must have been starfield yeah that sounds right i think yeah just had to get the hang of yeah yeah Amador Lopez says, what's up, crew? Despite the wonderful season of games happening right now, I thought it was a good idea to take a detour and play some older games. I ended up playing the Klonoa collection and had a blast. What was the last gaming detour you took while avoiding what was coming out at that time? Was the detour worth it? And then it's uh, after that's attributed to Tony Hawk. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was that was me taking a note saying, oh, I got to ask about Tony Hawk. I thought it was Tony Hawk. questions from Tony Hawk. <laughs> no, those are my own notes. Sorry, I, I sent them over to you. Uh, but well, I by love- way, speaking of Klonoa, uh, R.I.P. Matthew Perry, uh, the world's biggest Klonoa fan. I don't know if you guys know that about him. Well, oh. I remember you brought that up when we uh, brought up the Klonoa remaster. Yeah, but- we don't need to talk about the context of the tweet, but uh, he had a lovely tweet about Klonoa. <laughs> what were you talking about? What was the context of the tweet? You got to Here's why now. you can't cancel me. <laughs> no, he said, I think the tweet is something along the lines of like, I'm playing the new Klonoa and I, I like it so much. I'm playing it with my pants around my ankles <laughs> or something like that. Was he making a gaming ad for a magazine in 1996? <laughs> no, I, uh, this is just <laughs> or a gaming review. That's, from just, that's just the kind of thing that everyone tweeted in 2011. Uh, you back, right. go back and like see what celebrities were tweeting you yeah. know, pre 2013. And it's just the most incredible stuff. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that, the tweet I found the tweet from 2009. Many of you have asked what Klonoa game I'm playing. I'm playing. It's the new one on the Wii. I'm at level six. I play with my pants around my ankles. And then the first reply is a lovely picture of Matthew Perry, and it says "Rest in peace." <laughs> well, well, that's no. a strange legacy. But I liked Amador here. I love that idea of going back and and playing the Klonoa collection because it freaking rules. And uh, yeah. I, I I'm jealous of Leo every once in a while when. I just get the sense that you are going on these wild detours, like in the busiest release schedule all year. You're like, I'm going to play every Tony Hawk instead. (laughs) (laughs) That, I mean, that is something that I do all the time because I really lately the last year or two have tried to really prioritize. Like if I have a gut feeling that I want to play this game, follow that. Mm. And it's been really rewarding even when it's, and and same with like watching movies. It's like, nobody's really recommended this to me, but I have a feeling it kind of might be my thing and trusting that. Um, and I don't know if it's like a self-destructive tendency to like getting overwhelmed by all the good games coming out that I could have an opinion about and could talk about that. No, I want to dive into Fallout 76 again instead or whatever. Healthy. Yeah, it, it works for me for sure. But that's, that is like all I do. I got back into Rocket League recently for no reason. Hunt Showdown earlier this year was, was one of those, I think. 
I love doing that. Yeah, that's smart. It's smart, um, man. I, mine, mine kind of doesn't count because it's for something rotten, my podcast. But uh, playing uh, playing Killer7 and No More Heroes um, in the middle of the year this year was uh, really fun. I had never played either of those games. Uh, Killer7 is so cool. <laughs> I know, everyone said it for 20 years, but they were all right. And it's so cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. I... I'm I'm a failure on this front. I mean, the last time I did it, I think was probably Tomato Adventure playing through an RPG was it last year, I think. But Leo, I mean, in terms of trusting your gut, when I think of like what game do I want to play the most right now, there's a ton. Other than Star Ocean 2, the remake, it's like I I have been craving Guitar Hero 2 uh yeah. for so long. And I have a CRT sitting on a countertop in my basement. And it's like I that I need to put those two together and just let her rip for a weekend. I so you've inspired me, man. Guaranteed fun time. You know you'll be glad you did that. I, I, it also comes up for me a lot in like Switch sales, like replaying old games that I happen to get on Switch. Like right. Assassin's Creed Rogue was a really random one that was like one of my favorite games I played that year. And getting back into Griftlands on Switch recently. Oh, nice. Another random old one that I liked at the time was like, oh, this will fit good on Switch. That's like where those experiences live a lot of times for me, the ones I randomly go back to. Okay, what about this, Leo? What about this for a vision of the future? <laughs> It's like the end of ra- ending of Raising Arizona. Let's uh, envision this beautiful future together, Leo. Guitar Hero 2, playing on a CRT, jamming out. Kyle, what's the best song in Guitar Hero 2? Uh, message in a Bottle. <laughs> message in a Bottle. Guitar Hero 2. Meanwhile, piano, keyboard, next to it, somebody else playing the MetaQuest 3, but you time it. So that yeah. the piano vision starts and the song starts the second Guitar Hero 2 starts. So you can have a duet in VR and in Guitar Hero 2 of message in a bottle. Imagine that future together. That's amazing. Yeah. I was, well, also though, they have like those songs carry over to other. Well, I no, never mind. I was thinking you could play Rock Band 3, which has a keyboard in it. And oh, I was thinking right. the best song for Guitar Hero 2 is Let's Talk More Rock. Right. We did play last time we played Rock Band. <laughs> it did rule. It did rule. <laughs> did we play that multiple times or did I just want to? I think you wanted to, yeah. You just played God, it in the car so on the fun. way home, I think was the It's idea. the most fun guitar lick ever in that franchise. Oh, it's so fun. And still I dreamed on. Sorry, I needed <laughs> to finish the raising. Uh, thank you, bit. Jacob. God, I think it was even before I had my kid. Maybe it was after when I got even more emotional somehow, but just rewatched that sequence and just bawled my eyes out like, oh, the movie's the best. Sorry. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. I need to rewatch Oh, it. God, Kyle. Oh, God, do it. <gasps> do it. Uh, Catherine Gilbert asks, uh, what was your Halloween costume? Uh, Kyle, you're, you have to take this, man, because I feel like you, you oh. went above and beyond and uh, I was too wow. sick. Yeah, I, I dressed as Chainsaw Man, which was... Um, like I bought like a Chainsaw Man hat, but then the rest of Chainsaw Man is he just wears like a a, a, a tie with and a, and a you know a shirt with the sleeves rolled up, and then he has a little uh, pole. What do they call the chainsaw poles? You know, you pull the thing. The rip, rip cord. cord. He has like a rip cord mm-hmm. in his chest that he pulls to become Chainsaw Man. And then my wife wore a Puchita hoodie, which will make sense to people who have read or watched Chainsaw Man. Hmm, that's cool. Uh, did you get compliments on it? I got a surprising amount of people knowing what it was. I really didn't really? think people would know it. And then when I was trick-or-treating uh, Tuesday night, there was like a kid who looked like nine. who was like, hey, Chainsaw Man. And I was like, 
from across the street. I was like, how do you know Chainsaw Man? Because it is a very hyper violent oh, really? anime. <laughs> and, and their dad just kind of grabbed them by the shoulder. I was like, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go. And I was like, I was, I was genuinely, genuinely curious how he knows uh, Chainsaw Man. Hey, what happened oh to Leo? Oh my gosh. I just got my Hitman Flamingo costume this year, so I used that, and I had it right next to me, so I've put it. I've now put it on. That's nice. But it normally isn't around my big ass headphones. <laughs> and it's nice that it doesn't cover your mouth or interrupt. <laughs> um, I had I had a couple. Uh, we went to a a Halloween party that was quote vaguely Nicole Kidman themed, um, and so I thought, oh, what's a vaguely Nicole Kidman outfit? And so I dressed as uh, not just any penguin. But uh, Norma Jean from Happy Feet, as voiced by Nicole Kidman. <laughs> that is so obscure. Who, who stuff. is this genius that has that for a theme? Vaguely, Nicole oh, I Kidman. think. Yeah, you know, and there were a lot. Um, my uh, my girlfriend was Nicole Kidman from Practical Magic, and there were a couple other Practical Magic Nicole Kidmans there. You know, some Eyes Wide Shut ones. She's 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 done a lot of things. No, but who is this genius friend of yours that had that idea for a theme? I, I just a just a friend who had a good idea for a party. I don't know. I think she. I think the friend was originally going to be the AMC Nicole Kidman, mm. but then it, that's a really hard costume to pull together because you basically just need to buy those. Uh, things but then uh the our second halloween night we were uh kevin costner and susan sarandon from bull durham hell yeah uh, which was fun because that movie rocks and also we're in durham and go to uh durham bulls games all the time oh that makes sense okay did people get your bull durham reference uh yeah when we showed them the movie poster and said see we look like them (laughs) uh uh, speaking of baseball movies have you ever seen the natural jacob geller no, that's actually we've watched Bull Durham and uh, Moneyball o- over the past week. And I was like, we got to put more baseball movies on the list. I haven't seen The Natural. <laughs> Truly the best. Yeah, it's uh, in baseball movies. I mean, are the best. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to watch The Natural as well. We can do a max spoilers on The Natural if you want. But I just watched Diner yeah. for the first time like a couple weeks ago. Uh, Barry Levinson's first film and like Diner blew me away. It was like one of those movies like, damn it, I should have watched this a long time ago. It's it's up there in terms of like comedies where it just feels like no one's. everyone's so natural, which is then bizarre because then the follow-up film was The Natural and I know The Simpsons parodied it, so it must be good. So I got to check it out at some point. (laughs) So it must be good. Uh, Zay says, hey, cohorts, I'm playing through Metal Gear Solid 1 for the first time on my Nintendo Switch. It's a phenomenal game, a product of its time, most definitely, but it holds up in a lot of ways. I've been playing alongside a guide because there are a lot of things this game just doesn't tell you outright. Things like switching the controller for Psycho Mantis, looking at the back of the physical case for coded frequency and having to backtrack for a sniper rifle are a few things I wouldn't have figured out. I had to have my wife play the torture sequence because I'm not fast enough at it. So is this game design a product of its time? Do the latter Metal Gear Solid games have weird mechanics? How did people figure this out years ago with guides or something? And last, am I just an idiot? Anyway, genuinely, thanks for the podcast and all you do. I'm a huge fan. Have a great no-shave November, guys. I didn't realize we were committed to that. Mm. Yep. I, guess we're all I, I did know about the controller Psycho Mantis thing before I started, but I did have the fun, because I played it way late. It was I think I played one like around when two came out for the first time. And I did the like the copy that I borrowed from a friend. He did have the box. Oh, so nice. I did get to see the the codec code on the back of the box. Like I really actually got to do that without having to like look it up online or anything, which was super fun. Yeah. I yeah, imagine I, I looked it up online because it was, it was confusing. Cause I remember like looking at my inventory, like, is it on the game case? Is that, is that an item somewhere in here? I don't even understand what they're talking about. Yeah. And I, I know the, um, 
couple of years ago when they did the um I'm pointing over here because I have one, but the the PlayStation Mini, you know, when yeah. Sony was trying to do what Nintendo did, and it included Metal Gear Solid on there. On the back of the box, every game has a you know a nice screenshot of gameplay, but the Metal Gear Solid screenshot is the Merrill uh codec uh screenshot which is like looks kind of weird if you don't know why that's back there it's like that doesn't look particularly interesting but then if i suppose if you had played the game for the first time it would make sense that's funny that was kind of fun yeah i was curious i did look it up to see what how they handle psychomantis for uh the new collection Mm. and stuff it's like i guess you can just create a you have the option of in the menu apparently building out your digital memory card and you can basically turn on or turn off different konami games so that psychomantis can reference them as if he's reading your memory card which feels kind of gross or like also the menu you can technically switch to controller port 2 as well so it loses a lot of the magic but they're trying their best to to make it seem possible yeah impossible to replicate no i i miss that era kind of i miss that that moment that sounds so cool the way i've heard people talk about it over the years i think part of it might also be that people were used to getting stuck on random weird stuff for hours at a time back then right yeah i feel like that's a little bit of the the equation yeah i do, i do think the sequels don't go so hard in the in the weirdness like playing with the hardware and stuff like that if i remember or it's like they have they have weird things but they're optional you know yeah. it's not required for finishing the game it's like hey did you know if you go back and do this this thing happens yeah 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 um, I, this, this just reminded me of, uh, y'all remember the, uh, the Phantom Hourglass puzzle where you had to close the DS? Yeah. Uh, the most confusing puzzle ever put in a game. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's I, just being the it, most confusing. I, I quite liked it. And it, it's, it's just, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I, you know, you didn't even know that that was in your possibility space of puzzle solutions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did y'all solve that by yourself or do you remember looking it up? Or did I you eventually it. do it? No, I did it. Yeah. And it's one of those puzzles that felt cool or felt all that stupid? No, I loved it. I love that kind of stuff. Anything that like you know? plays with the hardware outside of the context of the game in an interesting way, I, I'm I'm always I'm always into. Uh, I like that kind of stuff. I think there was another DS game that might have done it too like lost memory or something like that. So it wasn't mm. totally out of the outside of the realm of reasonable things to do with that handheld to me, but yeah. Super handheld closers did it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You also had to blow in the mic uh, to turn it, blow out candles in that game, which, uh, you know, oh, you do a yeah. Kyle in duck a muck on DS. You had to, you had to close the DS and then right. Daffy's like, Hey, who turned out the lights? And then you had to like guide him. I think, uh, <laughs> using LNR. That that That's game cool. rules. Uh, Duckamuck yeah. on DS, uh, truly one of the best. But one of the best games of all time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, question for Leo from Preston Dieterman. Question uh, for Leo. I finally finished watching the entire 10-hour travel log from Summer Game Fest, better late than never, and I didn't realize it was ending with a cliffhanger. Did you get your McDonald's? Did Sarah get it? I didn't think I would have more questions. Uh, I after, I didn't think I would have more questions after finishing the travel log. Gosh, I think I did ask Sarah, but I forgot if she got hers. I did get mine. Fewer McDonald's than ever around here are open 24 hours or even late. So we had to go to one that wasn't our usual one. But I did get it. We did get it like 10 minutes before close. Thank you so much <laughs> for your questions. There you go. Uh, Starkiller asks, hey, Min Maxers, what do you think is the biggest butterfly effect any of your content has had on the games industry? For instance, Ben 
Do you think the rapid fire No Man's Sky interview had a direct impact on decisions made during Starfield's development? Thanks. I cannot imagine. That'd be wow. that would be awesome if yeah, Todd Howard called me up and he's like, you know what really impacted the design of Starfield was that rapid fire for No Man's Sky. Uh, no. But I, well, but you know, to take that, it's like the not that you deserve any blame for it, but a lot of the anger at early No Man's Sky right. was related to things that he said in those like GI interviews. And sure. so it does seem like maybe they were like, we got to walk back our promises because look at how people responded to this. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty labyrinthian butterfly, but... Hey, that's, that's, how, that's how the butterfly effect works, baby. That's the right. butterfly yeah. doesn't just flap its wings and instantly makes a hurricane. <laughs> Hit a button that starts yeah. a hurricane. He uses his wing to press a button. <laughs> I, I uh, guess, maybe. Every time I see a big wheel reference in the Spider-Man games, yeah. Leo, I think of us... Well, I don't remember the context. We were like, let, what villains are going to be in the game? What villains are going to be in the game? And you don't you don't have to confirm or deny. You can Glomar response it. But like, give us your reaction. And we threw Big Wheel in there as like trying to come up with the most ridiculous, you know, villain that would not be in a Spider-Man game. But then I there's like when you're at the amusement park in Spider-Man 2, it says like Big Wheel and stuff like that. I like to think that we contributed <laughs> to that. <laughs> you reminded them of this Spider-Man villain. Oh yeah, Big Wheel. <laughs> I want to take this opportunity to finally credit my friend Samir, who I broke a thousand NDAs by asking my friends for rapid fire questions <laughs> for that one. And he gave me, did your swinging lifestyle influence the development of the game at all? I love this question though about the, the butterfly effect. I don't I don't really know. I, yeah. I hope somebody else does know. If yeah. there's ever been an Easter egg based on something we've done. Um, I, it's, it's hard for me to, uh, I, I absolutely have no confirmation on this, but um, I, I made that video about um, the Shadow of the Colossus last big secret, which had like the giant blue point mystery um, that, that would, they put in Shadow of the Colossus remake. Um, and there was another one of those in Demon Souls so, hey, maybe that's just like a blue point thing that they do. But I do think that I was probably the reason that the blue point Shadow of the Colossus mystery got as many like eyes on it as it mm. did. And so maybe they were like, people like this. We should do it again. I do feel like it's it's a classic games press faux pas to think that you're more important than you are. Uh, oh, and it's yeah, always the idea sure. of like, oh, I, yeah, I brought up this question. And I'm not just citing you, Kyle, because you just brought it up. But it's like, oh, we brought up this question. That's why they included it in the game. It's like, man, oh, they're, they're living with I'm, this I'm thing. For, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not pointing at you. I'm just saying in general, I, I hear it come up all the time. Or everybody thinks, I don't know. Like, I remember I was at this preview event not too long ago. I won't be specific. And there is just this cocky weirdo. <laughs> I remember the press. And they were like, like, they were talking to the translator after the fact. And they're like, I bet no one. I bet no one asked the question that I asked during that Q and A. Translator's like, yeah, everyone asked that question. <laughs> like it's like question one hundred and one about this game. But it's like everyone thinks they're so freaking smart and special. Is the combat visceral? <laughs> it was exactly. It was that level. That level. Yeah. What's your title and how do you spell your name? <laughs> um, on that front, in terms of smelling your own farts, I've brought it up before, but I guess maybe a small one is like. Maybe, 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 but I'm the one who put two-player productions in touch with Double Fine and Tim Schaefer. I sent the email address over, and again, <laughs> the nice. disclaimer is they would have gotten contact 
<laughs> some other way. It's not like it they wouldn't have happened, but they asked me for that contact info and I sent it over. No, um, this and that, is absolutely the answer. Yeah. yeah th- cool. This is the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then that resulted in, I guess, a big gaming boom on Kickstarter with Broken Age, right? And so much stuff came out of that. And who knows if Microsoft would have been around to, or Microsoft would have purchased uh, Double Maybe Fine. Maybe Microsoft wouldn't have been around <laughs> yeah, if I didn't right. put them in contact. <laughs> in this alternate world. You know, but it's like that led to Double Fine living on, and then Microsoft purchased them, and the development of Second on Suit and everything. So it's like, there's there's probably some weird twisted world there, but who knows. But again. I also get the sense that with the butterfly effect, I would be dead right now, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would still be dinosaurs around. <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs would be Leo. All of the dinosaurs would live in his apartment. Scary. Yeah. Uh... How, what do you think of uh, Ben? I'm, I'm taking. I've taken things over this whole time, but uh, what do we think of going ahead and moving on to uh, question of the week? Yeah, I love it, Kyle. It's an impossible ask uh, that I've asked you to do, but you've done a great job. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for filling in as host. And where's the butt? Oh, uh, <laughs> let's see. But Matthew Angeli wanted to say, "Hey, Song of the Deep is a really good Metrovania from Insomniac, and people should talk about it more." Um, there we go. Remember that game that. Uh, GameStop published Kyle that yeah, Insomniac right. developed the underwater Metroidvania. Yeah, I never, I never played it. No one did. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah, question of the week. What, what, what do you like, Leo? Butterfly Effect one was interesting. I liked that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, you know, playing older games like Detour games. I, I thought that one was pretty fun too. Yeah. I like Rich McLaughlin when he wrote in and says, is Kyle supposed to, and I quote, eat his own butt? I don't want that bet getting lost in the sea of great games. I don't, I don't remember, what, remember what the bet was. I don't remember what the bet was either. Can someone yeah, remind us? follow up and like send us a timestamp or something. Yeah. I remember discussing that, but I don't remember what, why. I, I remember you talking a lot about eating your own butt, but it's typically just like off mic. Yeah, he is prepared to do it. <laughs> right, yeah. there's no doubt. I feel like it was Zelda related. I feel like it was Zelda related too. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, should we go uh, uh, Butterfly Effect? I, li- I like Butterfly Effect, yeah. All right. Yep. It's my vote. There you go, Starkiller. <laughs> Who's hosting this podcast now? You got it. <laughs> Question of the week. Uh, congratulations. You won the prize for my Mapit. Uh, now it's time for something that we're going to call Get a Load of This. <laughs> oh, Kyle, I guess you're going first, big dog. Let's do it. Um, I saw this article... Uh, which I'll link below, but basically the sort of the, the thesis of it is uh, scientists have identified remnants of a buried planet within the Earth. These remnants belong to uh, Thea, T-H-E-I-A, the planet that collided with Earth 4.5 billion years ago that led to the formation of the moon. A planet uh, did that? Yeah, which I just love. That is some like weird epic stuff happening billions of years ago that they fig- that they found little pieces of the planet like on earth it's just such a cool horrifying idea <laughs> i don't yeah. know i just i just like thinking That's about it and it also makes stuff. me yeah it also makes me feel small and insignificant in a way that i uh, embrace who gets um, to yeah, I'll name link, this I'll link to that article they have a name uh, thea the planet yeah. i had no idea that they had a name for it it I want to be the scientist that gets to name the planet that collided with Earth. Goddamn. We call it Hansonville. <laughs> Hansonville <sorry>. collided <laughs> with the Earth. Got to do it every Billions of years ago. God, that's awesome. So hang on. How many moons for other 
planets are the result of a collision. It's just like they just that's, get trapped in the orbits no, for like Jupiter and stuff, right? That is genuinely something that is interesting about our moon is that most moons are not. Right. Um, like, so it's it's why Earth's moon is kind of like different than like, you know, Jupiter having like 40 moons or whatever, is that those are not largely products of collisions. But I wonder, I mean, are any of them? Because what, like Mars has Phobos, like that weird lumpy one and stuff, right? Like, but that the just got caught one. in the orbit? That is really, hey guys, what's going on here? Because also you think about that, that's, that's so weird, but then also combined with the fact that, I don't think we talk about this enough, that the sun and the moon from Earth's vantage point are like the exact same size? That's so weird. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's called the Hansen effect. <laughs> is that right? <clears throat> yeah. The Hansen-thropic principle. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Jacob, I guess it's yours? Uh, yeah, get a load of this. Um. Well, so last night I saw uh, the movie Spirited Away in theaters, which oh. is, uh, it turns out, an unimpeachable masterpiece. Uh, better every time you see it. Um, I'm not going to recommend Spirited Away because uh, everyone's already seen that. But on HBO, there is currently a show called Scavenger's Reign, which is a very interesting show about people who kind of crash land on a planet from like, a you know, on like a colony ship that goes bad or something. And it is kind of like it's sort of Miyazaki-esque mixed with like, uh, I don't know, Annihilation, the movie. Like it's it's a it's a movie where it's like there's a or a, a show where it's just like a bunch of weird nature doing weird things like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty quiet. There's not a lot of dialogue. And like a lot of what you're watching in the show is just like people interact with weird fungus you know colonies or something and it's like it's it's really gross um and it's impressively good looking and seems like pretty high production value for a show that i really haven't seen any marketing of or whatever um it's just it's just a really cool animated show that i you know falls kind of outside either anime or like Cartoon Network adult animation. You know, it's like yeah. a, a third interesting animated thing. And what's the name of it again? Yeah. Uh, it's called Scavenger's Rain. Yeah, I that, suppose that, it's on Max, not HBO. I, I was almost, it was like on my list to potentially bring up as well, Jacob, for get a little of this. It is like the most abstract American animation I've seen like ever, but it all makes so much sense. In a, it's like weird. Because huh. like the, the way these plants work on this alien planet is so strange, but you watch it and you're like, oh, I understand what they're doing. This makes sense. It's it's very weird. That's yeah, kind of kind of Nausicaa. -y. Um, yes. It also yeah. it looks it looks like I gosh I can't remember the artist's name, but it looks like the game Sable. Uh, yeah. You know, and Sable was really uh, influenced by some artist who I can't remember, but it, yeah, it it's it rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, get a load of this. Um, you YouTube masters, Leo and Jacob, uh, might know this, um, but Neil Smith, a mod in the MinMax Discord, he pointed this out to me, where uh, in the deepest dive, I think, <laughs> in the deepest dive for Alan Wake 2, I was looking for, like, I, I jumped in the Discord and I was like, hey, I forgot to grab the timestamp for this clip, but at some point we're talking about, like, the dust on a VCR, and Sarah very comedically was like, you guys are remedy-pilled because you're obsessed with the dust on the VCR <laughs> in this game. Um, and so I was like, if you're going to give me a timestamp for that, and then Neil Smith is like, oh, just use the transcript and search for the word VCR. It's like, I, 
I guess I saw that somewhere at the bottom of YouTube videos, but it hadn't really locked in that it was a real option. But it's amazing, and maybe it's just uh, you know amazing if you're trying to find a specific clip in a YouTube video. But if you just hit full description for a YouTube video, then at the bottom it says show transcript, and then you can just search for the words, and it'll give you the exact timestamp of when that shows up. So if there's a long YouTube video, you're looking for a specific point, do that. Did everyone already know about this? No, no, I guess I thought it was something in like the console explorer or something too, but it's just a button available to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I would have done that by, you know, YouTube's auto-generated uh, subtitles. Right. But yeah, it's interesting that it's available to all. Yeah, as far as I know, that's sweet. Uh, okay, sorry. Rio's turn, I guess. <laughs> hey, get a load of this. It's a clip from the final subreddit. There's a, a vault that, uh, which is what you carry from objective to objective. It fell off the map. It's supposed to bounce back onto the map automatically, but it bugged out and it's stuck at the bottom of a pit. And so they use goo canisters and jump pads to make like a staircase down off the map to go pick it up. And, and they successfully bring it back, which Aww. is just example of Billion of Why I Love uh, systemic games that allow you to like... Weird little problems become solvable in a way that they r rarely are. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, hey, get a load of this from the community. Forrest with two R's shared a tweet from Destiny Tracker saying um, the streamer Astacross is reporting that Bungie had Escape from Tarkov streamers play Marathon, their new game that's inspired by Escape from Tarkov. Their new game that's a reboot of their old game. You get the idea. Uh, and they did not seem interested in the game. Bungie asked them if they would play Marathon if it released, quote, tomorrow, and no one raised their hand. Uh, which, a very specific uh, negative slice of a much larger thing, obviously, but then this is tying into the larger idea of, uh, what, 100 people were laid off at, at Bungie recently, including Jay Guisao, who we worked with at, at Game Informer as an intern back uh, in the day, then he was working as an associate editor, but just a huge yeah. bummer. Yeah. <clears throat> And then with that, uh, I think Jason Trier was reporting that Marathon slipped to 2025. The final shape, Destiny expansion, is now 2024. Um, and it's just rough times over there. Um, and it's bizarre just as an industry that Sony bought Bungie to be the experts at live service games, you know, and they want to bring them in. And they were consulting on The Last of Us uh, multiplayer game. And it's reported that's why that game was kind of put on hold because... Bungie was like, eh, I don't think this loop is really here, guys. And then for Bungie's next big push with the Marathon reboot to have the early reports from at least the Tarkov community being like, mm, this isn't it, guys. But I mean, that's mm. the hardcore Tarkov community. So I'd imagine it's going to be pretty different for the rest of yeah. us, you know? Yeah. Take a lot for them to play a different game, I'm sure. So yeah, but hearts go out to everybody laid off from Bungie. That's a, that's a rough Absolutely. one. That's a huge, yeah. huge chunk. For sure. Uh, hey, Kyle, I think that's it for this episode of the Midmax Show. You yeah. agree? I did it. I did a great <laughs> job. Sometimes you did. No, you did. You're you're too hard on yourself. I. It's just impossible. It's impossible for me to like sit back and not yeah. jump in. Well, I, yeah. I, my hope is that I gave you somewhat of a break. I you saved me at least a day of vocal recovery. Uh, okay. I guarantee that. So thank you for your service. Uh, and I hope you didn't take too much crap online for your Ellen Wake two review. I blocked a few people, but that's uh, fine. Yeah. Overall, it's okay. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be all right, everybody. Okay, <laughs> I think I think also I was thinking about the game and I was thinking about your defense and I was like, this also it feels like the wrong game to play on a deadline. I think that would really color my not that I, not, I, I knew yeah. you, it was a self-imposed deadline for you, I know, but like yeah. I just think it would suck. 
there's a little bit. I mean, I I wanted to see what was going to happen next. Like we talked about earlier, you know, with Jacob. Like yeah. I was eager to keep rolling. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for supporting MinMax. Uh, let's see. We have uh, a new interview that went up this week with James Turner, who was the art director over at Game Freak, art director for Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's not every day you get to interview somebody without PR there talking about what it's like designing Pokemon and being a Game Freak. And he's a respectful Blad uh, bloke. Uh, and so he's not... Uh, dish and tea left and right about Game Freak, but uh, he talks about why he left after Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, to start a new studio, and now he's making the Plucky Squire, which is the game where the little guy in the 2D picture book, then you jump out into the 3D world. Truly looks awesome. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for Plucky Squire, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but check it out. It's an indie game coming in 2024, so that interview is up now, available for everybody. Also, in the plug section, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Franklin High School Video Game Club in Seattle! Yo! Let's go. Yeah. I said the Franklin High School Video Game Club in Seattle. Yes. Thank you for listening to the show, everybody. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Also, a uh, reminder, Deepest Dive for Alan Wake 2. Um, it's confusing. This is why I was losing sleep. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about this story. So we took a, a gap week for the Deepest Dive in Alan Wake 2 for the marathon charity stream, but because that got moved now because I'm sick, it's confusing. So basically, we're still we're collecting your comments on Patreon Sunday, November 12th for the first six chapters of Saga and Alan's story in Alan Wake 2. That is the stopping point. So we're still going to be collecting that. So if you haven't jumped into Alan Wake 2 yet and you want to join that uh, deepest dive, there's more of a gap than ever for you to jump in. So so please do. Um, and then we'll be back to finish it off the week after that. And just a reminder that the charity stream is happening Saturday, December 12th. I'm sorry, December 2nd, everybody. Saturday, <laughs> December 2nd is when the big marathon charity stream, Gift of the Max, is going to be happening. So thank you again for everybody's patience and sorry for uh, zigging and zagging uh, 10 ways to Sunday. But all right. That's it for this episode of the podcast, everybody. Kyle, yeah, you want to close it out, dude? Uh, be good. Have fun. Let's go. <laughs> Let's, yeah. go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.